in a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's take two. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I do it with my homeboys this week in the house. As always, Cody Lashney, how you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, what's up, brother? The coronavirus may stop a lot of shit, but it does not stop your boys on the C3 podcast. And as always, the chat room is lit. Joey Esquivel, Tyler Duncan, uh, Brad Dugan, Trill 110, Tizzy, the Fluffhead 2020. Tony, it's lit. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the longest-running Panthers podcast out there. Go ahead and smash the thumbs-up button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you are riding around later on in the week, uh, we appreciate your support. Share the show with a friend, right? That's what we ask to continue to grow Panther Nation. We need each other at this moment, just like we need Greg, the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy. Greg, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. Still working, still alive. You know, Tuesday mornings is the slowest day in the post office, but it's the busiest night for me. So it's an interesting day. Let's get it started. Um, you know, it's it it is an odd time right now, guys. Is that the whole world is in bizarro land, right? Because of the cor- coronavirus, everything has been disrupted. But Cody, you mentioned it. This show hasn't been disrupted, and one of the coolest things about uh, the podcasting worlds and this community that we've been building on the channel is like I'm actually doing what I like to do. Like this is social distancing. Is I'm I'm ga- I'm down for that game because like we just vi- we've been video conferencing for years. <laughs> Straight up, we're old pros. <laughs> we're old pros. We we uh we does this shit. Yeah, man. Um, so we appreciate everybody's support tonight. Show is uh is. You know, it's the the deadest time of the sports year right now. And even the NFL is having difficulties keeping the news cycle going in this disruption. There's no training, baseball training camp, basketball. They're talking about airing um, a horse match on ESPN versus like where professional athlete like basketball players will video themselves live stream themselves and like take shots in their backyard and play horse against each other that's how bad it is that is no way that'll work yeah that's how bad this is um it would be cool to see what people's cribs look like and what like basketball players had in like did they have i heard damian lillard talking about this today on dan patrick and and they were saying that his there's a pool beside his out full size outdoor court. Anyway, the point is is that this is a dead time, and I tell you, there's really not much Panther news to talk about. In fact, that's where the title of tonight's show it's episode nine. Robbie Anderson stumps Scott Fowler, and Marty Herney stumps us. We'll be talking about continuing to talk about the addition of Robbie Anderson and how that is a kind of affecting the offense rumors now that Curtis Samuel could be on the trade block 
And now uh, Marty Herney has spoken finally in over nine months. I feel like it's been like a year since we've heard from Marty Herney and he discussed the Cam Newton situation. So we'll talk about those things. And I don't know if there's any other NFL news. So what's on your mind? Let's just go ahead and open that up. What's on your mind, Cody, in this dead time? Is there any sports news going on? Uh, I mean, no, there's no real news. Uh, uh, I mean, as far as football is concerned, everyone's pretty surprised that the draft is going to go on as normal. And listen, man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This free agent signing period for the Panthers has been boring, uh, depressing, losing a bunch of Panther greats and a bunch of players that we don't really know or honestly give too much of a uh of a shit about uh so man i'm in this draft um i'm back to looking at players back to um you know trying to fill out my big board that i'm working on and looking at film i'm back into it man Uh, instead of trying to be depressed about our past i'm looking forward towards the future man and and this draft and um trying to get excited about some of these potential players that uh could possibly end up Carolina Panthers and a part of what we do for a long time here in Carolina. So I'm kind of over the Robbie Anderson stuff just because, man, who knows when we're going to see him play for us, you know? Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> like, we're going to have to at some point start asking is the NFL season going to be in jeopardy at all? You know, do you know how to, dude, that that's a nightmare. Depends on if they decide to skip training camp or or maybe preseason and like that. If they plan on doing everything as scheduled and still do a whole full training camp, full preseason, yeah, it'll definitely push it back. I mean, I. I well, don't the see thing why is, would, is you. I, I just know one thing: you can't cancel training camp. Like, I mean, you might be well, able to yeah. close it to the public, but you cannot have a season where the teams didn't prepare. Yeah, have Can a you tra- do social distance training camp? <laughs> I would think yeah, all that the, they all would the all, linemen, I mean, all the linemen have five feet between them. What <laughs> I would start, I would start wondering if you should just test everybody on the team, and if everybody gets a clear on the test, then you just isolate that whole team, and they they do like. Uh, 30 days together, like in their own team. Yeah, yeah, training camp then, but then what about the, the the training staff and the doctors and the coaches and the... They have to people. do the same thing. Like, those people, like, if you don't get a negative test back, like, everybody gets tested, and they do that Korean drive... St- you know, Korea had a drive-through COVID testing station where... It like something like in the 20 minutes you took the test when you got there and then by the time you filled out the paperwork and did all that they had your results on the back end right so where is this this was in Ah. south korea oh yeah well yeah what a shock another country does shit way better than we do yeah that's not but that is that is that even I mean could uh, it sounds unrealistic but if you could get at least uh, the team together I mean what's wrong with that Well I don't think there's anything wrong with it but for that to actually work 
I think you only it's have like two impossible. options that are probably not possible. You, you you have to build a submarine that can carry the whole team. They can practice in and go underwater, or an aircraft carrier that'll go up in the air. Because if there's a chance of that a door opening or somebody getting in or out of wherever they're at, there's always a chance of something happening. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I, I, like I said, I think I think that if it's still going on whenever training camp and everything starts, you're going to have to question. Do you cut sh- uh, shorten training camp? Cut it down? Do you shorten preseason? You should get rid of preseason. Rid of That's what you should do: is get rid of preseason and keep. I would get rid camp. of preseason before I get rid of training camp. I and, agree. With you. But and then yeah. also make it so it's not open to the public. Training camp. That's the other thing you do. Yeah. But can I pose a question? And I know this is a football podcast, but how long are people going to be able to be forced to be at their home? With no sports, nothing to do for what? For what is now looking like months at a time before people start going walking dead on this shit and just start fucking looting and going crazy. Dude, like I'm telling you, man, there, there is, I cannot remember any time in our history where some shit like this has happened. But dude, man, you're talking about if this goes into late summer. Dude, I can't imagine what that's going to be like. If we're talking about no training camp, I mean, no preseason, we're talking the end of August, September. Like, dude, that's some next level shit. Okay, let's stay on that and ask you this. What's got to, what physically has to change before we revert back to a more normalized world? And I'm not even just talking about the NFL. We could use that as our barometer. Right, it's yeah. like if the NFL plays, the world is back to normal. But at like, what has to happen in the next thirty, sixty days, and what's the timeline? Because right now, I mean, look, they canceled college basketball, like the Final Four. They were supposed, was it like two days ago? It was supposed to be the championship, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so yeah. this is Yesterday. the whole world has literally stopped, and and. Mm-hmm. It has to be through the end of April at the very minimum before like they start release relaxing some of these restrictions. It sounds like. Are you guys going crazy yet? I mean, I know you're working, Greg. I've been at home, dude, sequestered for a week longer than everybody else. We have gotten to know each other. We're very close in our family right now. <laughs> Too close. Yeah. Can I tell you though? Yeah. Well, say what's up, CK, for a quick. CK, yeah, but yeah, CK, just hey, what's up, man? <laughs> you know, living the dream. Sorry, I was late, guys. I had to talk to somebody who owed money, so uh, got stuck on a call a little longer right. than not. He got shank, stuff. Or, he got well, stuck in traffic on money. his way home from work. Gang. No, I'm I'm working from home actually. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah, I did. If you're if you're looking at it from that perspective, um, that was the equivalent of traffic for me. So. What has to change, guys, What in the world right now for us to start to see normalcy come back? Well, can I be honest with you? Because I'm out there every day outside, and not a lot has changed. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. If you haven't gone out in the last mm-hmm. week or two, which you really shouldn't be unless you need to, uh, you can go out there, man, and there's people at Walmart, tons of people. Like, the parking lots are full. Traffic is lighter because there are less people out because people are off work and kind of going stir crazy. 
there are tons of people out, man. There's no kind of enforcement on a stay-at-home kind of rule, at least where I'm at. And I'm, you know, uh, 50 miles north of Charlotte. So, um, but I don't know what's got to change because, like I said, where I'm at, th- there's not really a whole lot of change. There's still a ton of people out. I mean... What, do we just got to see, like, the death rates fall tremendously? No, I, I, I think... think uh, I think it yeah. has to be, um, I like Greg says. I think there's still a level of normalcy. I just mm-hmm. think that once the media stops talking about it, is when we can get back to a level of normalcy. Um, I'm not saying it's not serious, and I'm not saying the media has just trumped up everything that's happened. Um, yeah, be but careful! That, You're about to get stoned by the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, th- that's not at all what I'm saying. What my my point is is if the news stops talking about it, that means Maybe we're in the clear, or maybe we're getting, you know, when when the he- top five headlines have nothing to do with COVID, maybe at mm. that point in time we can feel like things can get back to normal. For me personally, when my 401k starts getting back to normal, that'll be helpful um, yeah. as well. So that's right now, take I think a, a lot- couple of years, bro. Yeah. Well, I, that's that's I, I think something that we could uh, we could talk about all day as far as whether or not that's going to bounce back quickly. Well, or think not. about this: is so. that look, we've canceled like the Masters. We've can- and not that I'm I'm not advocating that we shouldn't have done that. What I'm just saying is that, is that the economic repercussions are going to be long term and unknown. Yeah, you know, like oh, we can't we won't even be able to see. Like, there's no way to even predict how large these these economic repercussions will be i say that what we're going to see is less of the um immediate impact on civilians on you know citizens of the country and more on the government um with not only the bailout this whole stimulus package they've created that has increased our national debt by way more than we should have with uh within such a short period of time um i think that as far as everything, like obviously people who are in the in the stock trade and what whatnot, if you have money, put it in the stock market right now. I know that sounds stupid, but put it in the market right now. I, know. I, know. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So uh, take your stimulus check if you can, and just put that right. That's yes. what I. That, I, I, I did every dime of my stimulus check before I even got it. I, I went ahead and put it in. How did you get it? All? you already got yeah. one? No, no, no. I I've, I had some stuff in savings. So I just went it. ahead and put. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm planning for that. Um, that way it's a net zero loss regardless. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I put it in six flags because their price is normally $40 a stock and, uh, it's, it was down to like $12. And so I'm like, <laughs> oh, even God. if I can double my money, I'd be in pretty good shape. I, I right. today I made, uh, it's going to take a while bucks. for that to come back, but all right. No, so man, we're not going to talk about dollars today. Yeah, what um, I'm thinking is this though. It's like when, uh, when, okay. At some point, if it goes to April, and, and and say man, it's going through like, April. Like, that's mind, the thing is things will not no, be. I know it's going to go no. through April, but but what I'm saying is is like okay, even something like the draft, which is still going on, and we don't know what the draft is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm so I, excited I about know. that. I think it's going to be yeah, cooler, it is going to be a little. It is going to be weird. So can you imagine general managers like having to make a pick? from their house and then the internet going out and they're not <laughs> able to make the bit dude that would be the funniest shit that's ever happened but i, I mean laugh hysterically yeah I, or I, when I, they announce the pick and the audio doesn't work because tony forgot to cut it on yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like roger goodell announces the whole beginning of the draft and it's on mute 
My question no. is, do you guys think we're going to be able to stream on draft night because how how packed the internet's going to be? <laughs> I think the real oh, that's cable, a right? great question. That's a great question. But it, it's on cable too, though, right? Yeah, but I like think that app? a lot of people have switched over to the internet-based uh, streaming sites. That's to, probably uh, yeah. the greatest silver lining in the corona <laughs> stuff is that the internet structure is held. So far... Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, so the far. demand being put on it is insane. My, my buddy works at a data point, and he said that right now they've got the temperatures set as low as they can without freezing things because it is just overheating so bad. Like, it's not like he's saying it's 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 holding up, but it is not holding up very well. And so he said it's very possible that one thing crashes and everything else just domino effects right I after. tell you one thing is you you ask cody mm. how long before people lose their shit internet goes you down cut the done. internet off and it is it's the walking dead done. like we, done. we will not oh, be able to yeah. function as a society that's how important it is to us so the draft we don't know what it's going to look like at all because of this i cody what do you think this is doing to teams this has this is the ultimate disruptor it has yeah. ruined any level of preparation you may have had thought you had for the draft. Is this parody now in the draft world? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely throws a an element of the unknown and, and you know into this whole whole process. I mean, you have to think that normally a football team brings in a player, they'll go through some of the playbook, maybe they'll even do some personal workouts. Um, you know. Famously, Deion Sanders was asked to take a quiz by the Giants, and he said, "Oh no, I'm not going to be available at ten. I ain't taking no tests." And <laughs> fucking <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, man. I mean, every team has a process of coming to understand the player that they're going to potentially make a very large investment in for the next few years. And when you're not able to go through that process and meet these players. I mean, you basically have to wonder what's the difference in having a sit-down with the player and having a video conference, what we're all doing right here, you know? I mean, is there There is some differences, but, I mean, there are clearly some differences. Like, you know, you probably do a lot of evaluating when you're in person with people when you're not talking. You know, so, like, how they come in the building, you know... Yeah, who's rolling yeah, with them those types of things so i think there's still real, yeah. you know real value and maybe um more so is that you know you could really have a lot more intimate not intimate because you're distance but you could you have more time now to talk with people yeah i'm gonna say this it's gonna be really awkward um if we learn that in a few months that they had video chats with the draft prospects <laughs> and asked them to take their shirts off on camera and so <laughs> and you know that's all recorded too there's probably yeah. you probably can't we may have this may have successfully rooted out the stupid question like yeah you know where they ask you like if you were uh they or ask, it may have or it may have made it worse right uh, well because now it's gonna be documented so much you know how they always ask people like you heard those things like they would ask them if they were gay or something like yeah that. Yeah, well, I I think I think the 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 weird part is like I said, I I wonder if they're gonna have to they're gonna have to have people working out on camera. I think is is another part. Like, so I think that's gonna be weird. Like, yeah, do those reps, boy. 
Yeah, hit those <laughs> bench presses. Yeah, do it. <laughs> well, like, good, baby. <laughs> so I, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that um, when you th- those questions, I think uh, I think some of them have a point, and some of them are just asinine. But I think that they might get worse because those are the only you know things they can really look at as you know a way, as, as something to be able to indicate whether they have a personality or not that's going to be conducive for you know being coached or whatnot. So Cody, Cody, can we learn though that? Maybe some of this pro day and this evaluation and seeing them do these little workouts, will we can we learn that it's maybe not as important as we think? Is really what I want is medical clearance, right? Like I want a doctor that says like your knees are good, your elbows are good, right? Um, and I want to look at your film and your tape. And maybe if I had some questions about like elite athleticism, like why can't they just record dudes running the forty? Yeah. Well, I I think one of the things that, um, you know, most important thing to remember is that when you're a a GM or a scout for the team, film trumps everything. Mm -hmm. So they had an entire career to play. But no, you are right in that it does. So, for example, uh, in my mind, the biggest wild card in the draft is Tua Tagovailoa because he is a player who's had these terrible injury concerns with the ankle and the hip, and now he's not able to go in and meet with teams and you know get the clearance from their own doctors. Because even though other doctors may have already said you know he has a clean bill of health, a team wants their own people that they trust to be able to tell them that and sign off on that. They and should open the medical documents to the teams. Like that's what I would say is the well, team says you got to bring the medical information to me and what's wrong i would be flying if i'm picking Tua, man i'm sending the private jet i'm sending the g6 with my doctor there to go meet with him right well my question is why do why why do we assume why do we assume though that if somebody else's doctor clears them that it's it's not good or that they're they're not telling the full truth because what benefit do they gain from not telling the full truth or not telling like they don't get anything from lying about how healthy he is. So why, why I don't know why we would assume that other doctors, I mean, I get what you're saying, Cody, you want your guys to check them out, but in a situation like this, you got to kind of give into that. I mean, why would they lie? Is all I'm well, it's not necessarily about lying. It's that, you know, typically if you have a doctor, uh, the uh, team doctor. So for us, it's been mm-hmm. vermilion, which, uh, I think we all have our opinions on on that dude and his medical opinions, but you have a, a, a doctor with the team that you trust, right? So mm-hmm. if if you trust that man, well, you're going to value his opinion over some other doctor that you don't know True. because maybe this guy is a specialist. Maybe this guy knows how to spot things that other doctors don't. It's, it's not necessarily about lying, but... Remember, this is the investment part. All right, and, so and I want to know who you're investing in. I think that this situation, though, could help us evolve in our thinking about this. Like, what I would now be doing is saying this is I want my, all right, if my doctor can't physically go there and put my hand, his hand on the knee or whatever and physically touch it, is conference call with the doctor to doctor conference call. You know what I'm saying? Live, uh, live evaluation where you are, where the doctor's in there. You have one doctor in there. You're watching it on the video conference, 
and you're part of it and the athletes in there and really that you know what this is only for like the first two rounds okay yeah i mean I, i'm not nobody fan. asked ben a ben wickery how his hamstring was when and when he was the fifth round pick in 20 i'm not a fan of a of a more hands-off approach i you know especially from a football perspective i would prefer that our team know these players inside and out um, uh, and, and again, we have this conversation too with a lot of the draft prospects. You're wanting to know if they can become better than the what they've put on film and how they're going to fit into your system. So that's why they'll ask <clears throat> players to do specific things on the whiteboard, put them kind of in a pressure scenario. Um, that, there's a lot of things that go into it that you're, it's going to be a benefit to be face-to-face and there with them, and I do think that uh, it, it needs to go back to that as soon as possible. But right. for well, right I'm, now, you may do. Well, I'll just say I'm trying to put myself kind of in your situation. I'm trying to think of it kind of your way, and and, and I, I can really if I think about if I had four million dollars that I wanted to take and put in the bank, yeah. I wouldn't want to watch somebody take it and put it in the bank. I'd want to put it in the bank, like be there for it to yeah. be in the bank. So, right. so I or, guess when I look at it like that. That, that's a real good point. I can, I can or, see where you're coming from. Let's so. look at it from this perspective. The you're you're looking at a bank account. You're trying to figure out which bank to put that money in, right? Yeah. It's it's what's going to benefit you the most. And right now, not being able to actually be in person and see these people react a certain way to a certain question, see how they work out with their physicals and things like that, is like going and putting your money in the in a, in a bank that had a good advertisement, but you didn't actually go and look at the details of what the APR or APY is actually going to be. So you may have picked a a decent bank, but you may be losing money because you didn't get that chance to research that bank a little more. So it's same concept is it's your, your money just this time it's draft picks. And if you're not able to actually vet them in every way possible to make sure you're making the best decision for your organization, that's where I agree with Cody's point as well. A hands-on approach is important when we talk about somebody, especially for five years, that's going to be a, hopefully a cornerstone for our organization, being that this is a rebuild year. And if I may provide an example, uh, this is going the other way, but the Miami Dolphins doctor uh, said no to Drew Brees and that he wasn't trusted to be right. healthy and yeah. all this. And then the the Saints doctor said no, yeah, Drew Brees is, is good to go. So, again, if you have a doctor on staff that you like and you trust their opinion on if a guy says no or yes, then it, it makes it doubly important for decisions that you're going to make for the next 10 years. And if you're talking about a quarterback that might be drafted like Tua um, and who knows where he's going to end up falling to, that's an important you know opinion that you want to have on the future of your football team, a franchise quarterback. So it is important. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. We've got 40 people watching, 12 thumbs up. Let us know you're out there. Uh, RT1981, uh, we're about to get into that discussion of, he says this, if if we draft Tua after dumping Cam because of his health and draft another quarterback who has health concerns, it's going to make us point. look really stupid. Now, 
Let's turn our attention. Uh, we're still going to get to Robbie Anderson and Scott Fowler and Mar- Marty Herney today. Marty Herney did speak on Cam Newton, uh, and talked about the difficulty in, in making that decision a little bit. But that yeah. now leads us back to the draft. We've been talking about if the draft's going to happen, what it's going to look like. Oh, I did want to ask you guys this. is like If you are going to be on the teleconference, like what do you think that's going to do to people's thread game? Like, you know how people go and rent all the jewelry and for the draft and they get all blinged out? Like, is it just going to be like yeah. t-shirt and sweats this year? <laughs> Imagine you're at home. And all you got like the chain and the hat yeah, on and you're standing in front of your computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the draft, though. Um, you know, the Panthers are – there's so many unknowns in the first – 10 picks of this draft, which is kind of, this is going to be a really exciting draft guys, is that because of the quarterback needs throughout the league and also names at the quarterback position that seem to impress, right? From Burrow to Tua to, um, who's the, who's the other guy you like a lot? The Justin Herbert. There's going to be some excitement there in that first round. Miami is sitting there with the potential of getting to a right now. There are those concerns with his hip and, you know, a hip injury is a crazy thing. It's like he dislocated his hip and broke it or something like that. It's the same type of injury that ended Bo Jackson's career. Oh, can I ask you is, is does the lack of being able to actually have your uh, prospects being, yeah, I guess medically cleared by your own doctor, more impacting to anybody other than Tua. And does that me affect his draft capital? He seems he's he's been more immune to the injury talk than I expected. I agree, uh, and so much so that I I <laughs> once again, and I'm trying to avoid talking about Cam as much as I possibly can. Um, because we've kind of beat that horse as much as we possibly can at this point. Um, but if if Tua gets the benefit of the doubt over top of somebody like Cam, say the Chargers or whatnot, make a decision to move for Tua, I just think that's asinine because Cam's injury is nowhere close to career injury ending, where Tua's was very likely to possibly be one that was a career ending, just like Teddy Bridgewater's was considered to be career ending as well. So I'll be frustrated by that prospect, but I do think that he's more impacted than anybody in the draft right now. How but, do you all feel about two? Uh, go ahead, Greg. I'll go after you. Well, I was going to say, but what you were saying right there, CK is a great point. And I agree with you from a business standpoint, that would make it be a dumb decision to, <clears throat> if you're going to say you're going to get rid of Cam Newton because of his injury history to get rid of him in the draft, somebody like Tua. But at the same time, that's if that's what they told you was the reason they got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, what if that's not the reason they got rid of him? What if David Tepper just didn't like Cam Newton from the beginning? And from the beginning, he was just like, I'm not going to have this quarterback. I'm going to get him out of there, which is possible because we know that he doesn't always tell us the exact truth. I'm not going to call him a liar or say that everything is his lies, but he, he he misleads you or he leads you in the direction he wants you to go, which is what he should do as a businessman. So if he's not getting rid of Cam Newton for that, then, then two would be in play, and that wouldn't be very hypocritical because, well, it would be because we thought he would say injury because that's what he tells us. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, but he also signed Teddy Bridgewater, who is injury prone, just as injury prone, if not more than Cam Newton was. So that's why I feel like, to me, that doesn't really matter, you know. But it, it it's a possibility. 
you know, my my thing is this. Uh, I kind of had a moment today. So I'm on Twitter, and I'll pull up the tweet right now. I showed this to or I read it to Tony a little earlier. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez had put out, here's something interesting. The Panthers had a long video call with Northern Colorado quarterback Jacob Nip. They were also at his pro day, uh, which took place before travel restrictions were enforced by the league. Now, what I also know is Marty Herney was at Justin Herbert's pro day. Uh, They were uh, seen in pictures together. And yet again, it seems like for the second year in a row, the Panthers are really doing their due diligence on quarterbacks. So a lot of people are going to dislike this, and I I would be one of them. But um, I'm not surprised if the Panthers have a mindset going forward. Teddy Bridgewater is that, quite literally, the bridge. And um, I'm not surprised if the Panthers end up if they do end up falling in love with a Tua Tagovailoa or a Justin Herbert, and and they decide that that mixture with Joe Brady for the next few years is a favorable matchup for them, and you know you saw it with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith, and then Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre before that, you know that's the new hip thing to do: sign a um, a competent starter. And then, you know, groom someone underneath them. And um, I'm not surprised if that's the direction that Carolina moves, you know. Is there any other direction I didn't think there would? So why wouldn't they do this? Is there any position that you would be mad that they drafted? Mad? Um, Wide receiver. Which is somewhat on the radar. Yeah, first yeah, that is on the on the radar. Yeah, yeah and the first in that number seven pick, is there okay, one thing that you guys would feel? Is there one position that we don't need, or that maybe we would not value at a number seven pick that we would be that upset over? Um, especially if let's say it is let's if we use the wide receiver example and we say that's going to be it, let's make the assumption that we're trading Curtis Samuel away. Okay. Hmm. Uh, if we're trading Samuel, then it's still not my favorite thing to do. But I, you know, it's like I don't. I, I we have so many more pressing needs on the team right now mm-hmm. on the defensive line, on the offensive line. But I that's that. I think that's where my question came from. Like it's right. It, do we have any surefire? Um, positions that we don't feel like we need somebody in. Yeah, I would say I, I, I think back. wide receiver in the first round should be off the table, period. It doesn't yeah. matter who they yeah, are. I didn't agree. Um, there should be no, no reason to grab a tight end in the first and, round. Not, I mean, obviously, and, and running back as well, right? And running back, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're mainly offensive weapons. We would say we're set with offensive weapons. We have... Um, we have I just Christian think there's McCaffrey, just too many Bonifone. holes on the other side, dude. Like I, agree. I, and, I think well, the only way that if I if this is not a defensive lineman that we pick at seven is maybe like what Cody's saying is like you know we're here at seven. Let's get a QB that we want while we're here. If he's there, I would I could somewhat understand that. I would understand that more than I did the Will Greer pick last year. No. 
Well, yeah, my thing sure. is, you got you got to look at it like where it's not necessarily a, a position you'd be mad at them picking, but like we we don't need wide receiver, we don't need uh, tight end stuff like that. We're like we do need a, a key player at that, but there's nobody at number seven that I would say is worth the number seven pick at that position. There's no tight end, there's no wide receiver. There are too many other good players between one and seven, in my opinion, at least that I, that I yeah. wouldn't run it back. Is like, there? That would, you know? Is there any position uh, you would be mad that we draft in the second round? Uh, see that to me, that's more the kind of tight territory. Tied in. No, I mean, yeah. I, I think the well, again, Tony just hates tight ends. But if you have a badass tight end, you can. Big you have a if you have a Gronk or Kelsey. Uh, um, and you don't know if you have a Gronk or Kelsey. I mean, they didn't. They didn't you don't know, know that anyway. You don't yeah. know yeah. that for quarterback, yeah. linebacker, defensive line. None of True. these dudes are, are short. Thing. Quentin Williams in last year's draft was the best college defensive tackle prospect that I've ever seen in my life, and he was a disappointment last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have no. Where did he go to play? Anymore. Where is, did he go? To the Detroit Jets? was that? Uh, the Jets. Oh, the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, once you're in the second and third round, like, we have so many needs on the football team. Like, in my mind, the second round is kind of for players, especially when you have the 38th pick, like the Panthers do. That's a pick where you're like, oh, wow, look who's still on the board. You know, we thought they'd be long gone by now, but here they are still kind of hanging around. Uh, you know, those are the kind of players I would like to draft in round two. But we need a cornerback. We need a linebacker. We need more defensive line help. Like at, What at we really point, need is this, is we need those first two picks to be starters. Agreed. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and that second pick, sometimes you don't. I, yeah, I, I, mean, if, I mean, clearly you want your top, I, the first three rounds. But really, you cannot miss in this draft because we don't have enough bodies. If we don't have four starters out of this draft, it's a failure. I mean, well, I feel like we say that every year too. I, but, and then guess but the what? reason I never say that happens. Is we, we have so many holes yeah. that we, we cannot be drafting for depth at this point. Like we need to be drafting for that rebuild that we talked about. Right. If we can, if, if, and, and obviously it's really tough when you get to the, fourth fifth sixth round to be able to say hey listen this guy is going to be for sure starting for us because i mean let's be honest there's a reason he hasn't gone off the board to that point um and and yes there are some you know i guess lottery winners when you when you think about people that have been drafted in the fifth and sixth round that have been successes but um in me my mind personally when i look at this draft and i look at the holes if we don't have at least four starters I just I I can't see us being excited about this team next year in any way, shape, or form. All right, we're going to come back to the draft in one second. I want you guys to think about this question uh, as because I can't title the show after something and let's not talk about it. Um, so we're going to come back to this question, Cody, CK, Greg. Think about this: Who is the guy that slips in that first ten? Or seven, you know, Okuda, Okudu, whatever his name is. Okuda. <laughs> All of these, you know, somebody is bound. We cannot predict. The, I don't think anybody's ever predict the top seven picks. You know, like they give. So somebody's going to, is it Tua? So think about the guy that you could see 
slipping um, out of that top five and that the Panthers are thinking about. Uh, I want to go to this, is that now Robbie Anderson is part of this. Oh, did you guys see the new um, reporter we hired? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But did you see both of them? Both of the reporters we hired? There's two? Yeah, so we got another guy. Because you got to remember, we lost Max as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw the guy. So we got that guy from, uh, uh, he was from the LA Rams. I guess he was working with the broadcast, you know, uh, booth for them. So, uh, but uh, he's he's over here. And then we've, you know, we definitely, as as uh, as Cody or, or, or Greg made a statement to say, is uh, we have a type, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we have a type, yeah. Uh, I like her. She looks like uh, I like her better than uh, if we're talking about physical attractiveness. I think she's more. She's like a very pretty girl next door. You know what it is? Is I agree, but for whatever reason, there was a Caroline can. Um, You know, and almost like uh, you know, and this sounds super bad. um, An accessible aspect to Caroline Cam can where like if you get a girl who's a ten, you're like, there's no chance. There's no even not even worth looking at. But Caroline can, you're like. Listen, she looks like she'd go out and have a beer with you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to look up to her. She's so dang tall. All right. I wanted, to go, <laughs> I wanted to go to this is really what I want to do. And this is um, – so Robbie Anderson's press conference – not press conference, but he did like a conference Skype call with the local reporters. Mm-hmm. And it is gold. I want to go to – uh, the most notable of Panther reporters, Scott Fowler, who, by the way, is the biggest D-bag in the world. Scott Fowler, <laughs> I liked your podcast on Caruth when I listened to it or whatever, but you are a total... He, he's with the Charlotte Observer? Yeah. So this is uh, Scott Fowler welcoming Robbie Anderson uh, to the whole thing. Let me see. Fowler again from the Charlotte oh. Observer. You may have addressed this, and I apologize. Is this where he brings up his past? Exactly where yeah, you're calling right from. And also, I wondered if you don't mind explaining your neck tattoo to us. Oh, <laughs> I mean, um, Plantation of Florida, my, my, my neck tattoo says no pain, no pain, no gain. Crickets. So here, one more time, and just in case you missed it, this is the best. I hate this crap. Let me see. So anyway, he asked him, "What's the sig- What's tell us about your neck tattoo?" Robbie Anderson succinctly says, "It says no pain, no gain." And then there is this really weird silence afterwards. <laughs> I feel like that was after every single one. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, because there is that chemistry part to a video conference that's tough. And I also do enjoy watching every reporter lean into their computer when, like, it's their turn to talk. So they're all mm-hmm. like, <laughs> uh, this is our first time doing this. And I thought this is that if that wasn't a good display of media, here's old David Newton on the scene from this. And back to when when Matt Rule made you a wide receiver, what was your initial reaction? I mean, how shocked were you about that, or had you done that much before? See, no, I was I was I came to Temple and was playing receiver, and then I switched to corner, okay. and then put me back to receiver. But I didn't want to play. I didn't really want to. I was like I was really upset. Like I begged him for like the whole week. Like, 
can I please stay at corner? Like, please just let me go back. Like, I was really upset about it. Like, I did not want to play this season. Okay, so why is this stand out to me, guys? It stands out to me for this reason, is that no, not a single reporter asked him, why did you like playing corner so much? You know, well, and are you happy that you made the transition now that you just got paid as a receiver? Nobody asked a decent follow-up question to that. Well, what I'm wondering, yeah, it doesn't feel like anybody did a follow-up. It was they all had their own questions they wanted to ask and then move from there. Um, there was not much as far as, you know, it just it, it sounded like none of the reporters were actually listening. They were just trying to ask their questions to get a, a nice little headline for whatever article they were writing. But what stands out to me to the, with that question is it's the exact same question that was asked in the first five minutes of that interview when they asked him about him being a receiver. And he had talked about how he had been a corner because he felt like he had been able to uh, contribute better as a corner. And then when they said they were moving him to wide receiver, so it was an exact, he'd already talked about this at the beginning of that interview. So it just indicates to me that these guys weren't listening at all. They were just waiting for a silence so they can ask their questions. I mean, yeah, that's what a real shocker story. That, what a shocker oh. that Dave Newton gets it wrong as soon as he's asked a question. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, Dave Newton is a cancer to the Carolina Panthers. How in the world do does he still have a job? Because he gets I, it, it, clicks, dude. He gets it clicks. Baffles. And, and, and if anyone doesn't know about David Newton, you really need to look up all of his mishaps and all of the crazy shit that he's done. Uh, Somebody told me that he retweeted porn. I did. And it was true. <laughs> he did. Right, no, 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 not that he retweeted. He was liking porn from his official ESPN account. <laughs> like, dude, you dumbass. Uh, oh, my dude. And he's, he's always asking uh, questions that piss off the players and coaches. Yeah. He's always getting names and numbers wrong and just 100% misinformation. Can I tell dude, you what is the, moron. the worst thing that can happen to David Newton <laughs> was the Panthers cutting Cam Newton. Mm. I think yeah, that's it. That was, Worst thing for Scott Fowler. Scott Fowler is the biggest Cam, Cam Newton hater. God. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. Like most of those two guys' clicks come from Cam Newton material that yeah. is negatively and like negative opinions about what Cam Newton really brings to the table. And so, without that ability on in their in their uh, I guess armory, there is they're not going to be able to get as much you know as many clicks unless they're going to go ahead and just go ahead and I guess turn on. Uh, Robbie Anderson with his history. And one more time from Scott. Walker stuff. Yeah, here's yeah. one more time from Scott. Yeah. Get back to when when Matt Rule made you a, a wide receiver. What was your initial reaction? I mean, how shocked were you about that? Or that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. No, I was. I was. I came to Temple was playing receiver. I mean, really switched. Whoa. Hey, thanks, man. I'm so much better now. Charlotte Observer. You may have addressed this, and I apologize if you did, but can you say exactly where you're calling from? And also, I wondered if you don't mind explaining your neck tattoos. <laughs> your neck oh. tattoos. Tell yeah. me about oh, your neck tattoos. tattoos. Our right. last quarter, our other uh, players weren't allowed to have tattoos. Yeah. All right. Well, Cam Newton specifically. Right. Um, did you hear? Uh, he allowed allowed to have you know what he should have asked just now? As long as it wasn't should, Cam Newton. He should have said, um, Tell me about your disrespectful neck tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard when I saw that 
old white mm-hmm. guy asking him about that neck tattoo. He's just mm-hmm. such a hot, uh, like a hot taker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, here, th- this was kind of cool, though. Bridgewater being big appeals to coming to Carolina, but was there anything else that stood out to you compared to other teams that were interested in you during this process? Um, I always liked Carolina colors. I always liked their colors and the conference. Everybody. So I feel like it's going to be the best conference. That's a dope NFL answer. Has some yeah. of the best receivers in the league. Yeah. That's what I want to compete against. And I, don't, I just, you know, I know that it's a culture area. You know, it's not it's not as far from Florida, and it's not as cold as Jersey and teams in the middle of the country and things like that as well. Um, I thought that was a good. Yeah. Answer. I thought that was a cool answer because you yeah, know that the the, the colors are fly, like, and I like how he was they wearing are. A, he was wearing a Panthers hat, a, pa- a Christian McCaffrey a Christian jersey. McCaffrey jersey. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like that he he had us at the top of his list because of what we have. Um, Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, it just, it, he, he seems to actually have a connection here and it sounds like he really wants to be here, which is something that I think that uh, is a bit refreshing because I don't think we've felt that for, you know, at least a, a little over a year now. Right. There's a lot of cool storylines with him and Teddy, right? So, you heard him talk about Teddy Bridgewater, how they were played in New York together, and that was the year that Robbie Anderson started to break out a little bit. That was the year he got arrested, uh, and he told that cop that he was going to do something in his wife's eye as his threat. <laughs> so, uh, But he said that Teddy, they're both the same age, which is strange. Not strange, but it shows you is he, he's not a young, young player, I don't think, Robbie Anderson. But... Um, that he kind of mentored him. So he has that personal relationship and he spoke so highly of PJ Williams Walker. Walker. Which one is it? Yeah, Walker. PJ Walker. Yeah. Walker. Yeah. And how they blew up at Temple together. So that is cool. We need some guys to root for at this point on this squad. Yeah. yeah. I for why does it feel like Brian Burns doesn't exist on our team anymore? <laughs> I always well, forget about him, year. and which is crazy. You know, it's like Brian Burns and Curtis Samuel. We think more about Curtis Samuel than we do about Brian Burns, which is strange to me. And yeah. they're very similar. Is that Curtis Samuel has made so many? He's like, do you remember a couple of years ago when he had like ten receptions and five of them were touchdowns or some crap like that? Yeah. It was. And Brian Burns is the same way. Is like, is he's always making a big play. Right. Well, yeah. I think that that's a good comparison, but I think that Brian Burns' ceiling is at his position is higher than Curtis Samuel's. Like I, the comparison of how much they play is a good is a good thing, and they're right; they're big play players. But I think that if you put Burns in there more because we didn't play him enough last year, you're going to have a more production at that position from him than you will Curtis Samuel if you try to play him in the X. We or, need or, Brian you know, Burns to play like eighty percent of the snaps this year. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're going to need him to step up, but he's going to need some help. And it's not really stepping up, man. I mean, there are still uh, stat lines out there that uh, when he did play, he had some of the fastest ball get off of any defensive lineman or, or defensive end in the NFL. Like, homeboy has all the talent and promise in the world. But he needs to be a major part of what we do. Which and might Brian be a good Burns, thing. 
it might be a good if thing we're sleeping on. Player, I'm going to be furious if, if he's played the sandwich. I, I have no real fear of this happening. But if they're playing the same way they did last year, that's not a good look. Um, but he he has the potential to to be one of the the most dominant speed rushers in the NFL. But we have a lot of holes on defense that that need to be filled in um, before you're able to see him add his full potential. We need that that interior pressure, and that that's why we miss Kwan Short so much. Uh, we need the draft defensive line. Now we need another corner. We let go of Eric Reed, so now we need another safety. Uh, our, our defense has so many holes right now. We just need defensive line. And I think the answer to your question, CK, is in some ways it's kind of cool. a good thing is that we've kind of got this blue chip player that we often just forget about, you know? And so he might be as giant, pleasant surprise coming. Um, on the other, on the other hand, I think part of it is, is that we recognize that, you know, one of the things is, is he still needs to develop and he probably needs to bulk up and keep his speed to be a every down type of defensive end. And then when, so you think of the uncertainty in that, you know, we just haven't seen it yet. Um, or we just have to wait until that part of his career happens. There's nothing on the other side to bring us any hope. There is a real, so we, we're kind of gambling that he has to step up all of a sudden because there's nothing else out there on that line. I mean, who do we have? I don't even remember the name of the dude that we signed from Denver. We signed the defensive tackle from Denver. Um, we have all the guys that are still on the team that need reps. Steven um, Weatherly. Uh, Steve Weatherly, Marcus Haynes. Um uh, is out there. Uh, the guy uh, Christian Miller is another one. Uh, shout out Travis Armstrong. Um, yeah, I mean we have dudes out on the edge, but well, we also got that English have, dude. Uh, Obada. Yeah, yeah, Obada, and then uh, K1 Short coming back. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. That that still says to me that we need to add some. We're gonna some be drafting a defensive right tackle. There. We gotta draft. All right, so I was gonna ask you guys, who do you At think? At some point, who slips in this first round? In this first, in that before us, what is the player? Is it Tua? Well, Herbert. before Cody goes, but or, I, I want to go for Cody because he's gonna trump all of us on all this, and he, you know, he knows way more about this. <laughs> I think I'm looking at a two-player situation where it depends on who falls, but we're going to have the option of one of four players based on where the draft goes of Okuda, Herbert, Tua, or Simmons. Just based on where they go and us being number seven, I think that one of those four players is going to fall to us because I think the first three are locked up. You know, After that, it could be anything. So I, I can't pin it down to one, one guy. That's why I wanted to go for Cody because I know he can. Hey, Chef Jeff is in the house. What's up? Chef Jeff? What's up, cousin? Yeah. Um, By the way, 46 people watching, 17 thumbs up. Let's do a little bit better than that, y'all. Hit the thumbs up. Show some love. That helps us uh, spread the C3 message to all the peoples on YouTube. Fight um, coronavirus with a thumbs up. Fight Corona with a thumbs up. <laughs> Damn it. 
Anyway, um, as far as someone who could fall, I mean, there's a lot of people who could fall, man. I mean, Jeffrey Okuda is one of the more interesting ones. I mean, you're talking about a shutdown corner. Um, he didn't test overly well at the combine, but dude, because that's because he got the- hit in the head and got like concussed. Well, but that was even later on. He did some shit before that too. But game film trumps everything. That dude's hips are as uh, as loose as they come. He can mirror well. He's long, agile. I mean, that dude's the definition of a shutdown corner. Um, I'm interested to see how he's valued. A lot of earlier mock drafts had him going to the Lions at number three, which is still possible. Um, Tua Tagovailoa is the obvious one because of the hip, and then it really just depends on how teams value Justin Herbert, which from everything I'm hearing is a lot of teams have him graded even higher than Tua. I mean, they see a bigger quarterback with no health problems. He's more mobile, a bigger arm, um, a very intelligent dude. Not saying that Tua isn't. They're both incredible dudes um, from a personality standpoint. But, um, you know, now if you want to talk about who could fall um, past us, like number seven, uh, past number seven, um, I've kind of soured on Derek Brown a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, he's almost perfect for us if you look at our defensive line and all of the, um, you know, teams being able to run the football on us. Yeah, that was a problem, and Derek Brown would go a long way to fix that problem. But I don't know how much he will offer in the pass rush department. Um, so I, I don't know. I see him more like a Dexter Lawrence from Clemson last year who went 17. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the two I think, big Yeah, I could see how his name, you know, it's just uh, not as sexy. There was a comment in no. the chat room. Travis Armstrong asked, why is Andrew Thomas slipped? He was top of offensive tackle in January. Now he's like third or fourth. And I feel mm-hmm. that over the past maybe – five or six years that this has happened to offensive tackles just in general. You hear their names a ton in November and December when their teams are doing well and they're mauling people in uh, in game. And then the offensive tackle, the big boys, they just don't become as impressive. Like when you get to combine stuff and pro day, I feel like teams just get a little less enamorated, enamorated by enamored, enamored, enamored by them. But you know, is that they go from being top five locks to all of a sudden now you're asking those questions, Uh, and I don't know what it is with that position with with uh, Thomas, but you know that those other guys tested so well. I think it might have less to do with him slipping and other guys rising. Well, and it also has to do with this being a historically strong offensive tackle class. I mean, I have no problem with anyone saying to me, Jedrick Wills is the number one offensive tackle in in this class. I have no problem with that. Homeboy was the blindside tackle for Tua, so he played right tackle for Alabama. Smooth as butter, powerful anchors. Um, Tristan Riffs, he's not as technical – 
as the other guys is my third ranked, but um, incredibly powerful. She was doing box jumps on Twitter. And the dude is like 320-something pounds. I mean, the dude is just a monster. And I feel as though Andrew Thomas just isn't the physical freak of nature that some of these other dudes are, like a Makai Beckton. Um, but when you look at his film, consistent left tackle play that got better and better each year at Georgia in the SEC, and all of his best film came against the best opponents. So Andrew Thomas pretty much shut down Clavon Chazon, who is another um, first-round prospect, an edge from LSU. He's so refined, technical. Uh, he does everything in the run game and pass protection. He's my highest-graded pass protector in this year's draft. Um, if people want to sleep on him, that's fine. But um, he's my number one tackle and the safest pick if you want a franchise left tackle. Which, by the way, if we're the Panthers, it doesn't matter if it's Teddy Bridgewater or uh, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever the hell, you're going to need a franchise tackle at both ends. And we only have one year left of Taylor Moten. We have one year left of Russell O'Connor. If I'm the general manager, I don't rule out that position at number seven. Can but. you can you maybe get away with it in the second this year because of that depth? Um. So there's like four or five, well, four blue chip prospects, and then after that, there it's guys that have a mm-hmm. lot of high end traits, but you need to refine them in other areas, like Josh Jones out of Houston. Um, they're more of a gamble a- after the, the top four. Um, but if, if you need one and you're in a position to get one, first round is ready to do it this year. And then after that, you're kind of hoping and praying that they turn into what you want them to. So Greg Little, pretty much. Right. Cody, you know, you, you showed me that draft thing earlier and we did those mock drafts and I've actually never done anything like that with uh trying to think of like filling positions type deal. Right. And my my goal was to start with, with a with a good offensive tackle, but you gotta go with based on what falls with you know, falls to you in these mock drafts. Yeah. Uh, best player of and I ended up not getting an offensive tackle to I think the fifth or sixth round. Just because yeah. it just what everything that was before me that fell to me, I just I saw something better in front of it, you know? Um, yeah, and that's but, typically how the draft goes. I mean, yeah. and, and instead of forcing yourself to, well, we like this tackle and we like him good enough, but man, there's this linebacker that's still on the board that we know is a badass. You know that that happens all the time, and that's what real general managers do. So, um, I mean, that's why I love it. I love the process. The uh, Everything that goes on with the I'm the I'm the opposite of Tony Dunn. Yeah, I love. It. I hate all this stuff. I love it. All. <clears throat> I uh, well, I saw a comment in here. Panthers guide FSU twenty three has mentioned it a couple of times, and he said we should trade back from seven to nine. We get the ninth pick and Yannick. Is it in jo- what, the guy? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. that they're wanting the farm apparently on. 
Um, and he wants out of there, like as as par for course, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every player that plays for them wants to leave. At least we're not dealing with that type of uh, contempt among our players, right? At That's least publicly. Uh, even if it's two spots, I don't know if Yannick is <clears throat> worth the seventh pick in the draft. Oh, we're not giving away our first. Yeah, we're definitely the only way we we give away a first rounder is if we trade back and get two first rounders from like Oakland or whoever's got three in the first round, like Miami or uh, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that would be the only way I could see that. But yeah, I mean, it, honestly, I wouldn't be more comfortable if we stay where we're at. It has to be a second or or a mixture of a second and a fourth or something like that. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls and uh, see where where they take us. I'm sure they've got some thoughts on all of this as well. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... C3 fam, Chef Jeff Hodge here. Cousin, I haven't called in in a few weeks. Uh, just been—I know we don't probably don't need to bring this up, but I, I got a bit about it. Fuck Tepper, <laughs> fuck Marty Herney, and fuck Matt I'm with Lewis, you, brother. The slimy, with you, brother. gummy dog shit fucks that they are. I mean, I, I just. I can't. I can't believe that they did him like that. They obviously went into that meeting and lied to him. The one that he came out mm-hmm. feeling inspired, and then the little video he put out about him wanting commitment. Yeah, I'm sure the rumors are true. I'm sure he wanted a little two-year extension, basically the same contract that you gave fucking Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. I, I, an, an injury, more injury-prone quarterback in my fucking opinion. Cam was an injury-prone. Mm-hmm. His injuries were just misfucking managed. That's all. I love this call. I just, but I feel you, man. I, I feel I'm gonna you get behind well. Teddy. I'm gonna get behind this team because that's that's what I gotta do. But man, this better <laughs> fucking pay off, or Tepper Tepper is gonna be on the next train out of town five years from now because nobody will want to build that stadium for him, and we might just lose the fucking team. Who fucking knows? I don't know. But he really oh, fucked up oh. here because I guarantee you. Mark my words, Cam Newton will be the 2020 Comeback Player of the Year, no matter where he lands. It does not matter, because he elevates every player around him. Problem is... Eddie Bridgewater doesn't do that, but, you know, I'm going to get behind him. He's a decent quarterback. Let's hope he can stay healthy, you know. And then on to the Luke thing. Uh, I've been thinking more and more about that last concussion he got when he broke down in tears, you know. And a lot of people said, you know, that was from the concussion. And uh, and I can understand it from your brain resetting, but he's had many. And he's never acted like that before. And I honestly believe, even from that point when, I, when it happened, I believe that he knew then that this was the last season of football he was going to be able to play. And I think that's why the emotion wasn't that a couple of years ago? I think like, maybe I like that was 2017. You know, whatever, and, you know, doctors, and we all knew it, too. We all knew he was one or two away from retirement. I mean, you just, you, you can't you can't do that. And he's a smart guy, and I commend him for that. Um, 
I can't wait to see him be a coach somewhere because I know he will be very, very soon. I'm sure it'll be with Ron Rivera somewhere. Yep. Um, I don't think he'll want to come back to this organization. Uh, I really don't. Um, I wouldn't want to. They, uh, man, they've been doing some scummy shit, bro. I mean, it's 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 just not the Greg Olson thing. The whole the whole way the camp. Chef Jeff's coming back for part two. Let's talk about this part one, though. Um, you know, is there any NFL owner though that isn't that is liked? Yeah, is there anyone that's liked in the whole country? Like, I cannot think. I'd of... say I'd say the Eagles um, is probably the closest because he he. You don't see many Eagles players getting upset. And like at one point when Chip Kelly was around and he had complete control of the GM situation, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, when I look at it, he's the only one. Is it Schwartz or is he just the personnel guy? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I think of. I mean, uh, maybe Green Bay's owner is liked. Well, they don't have a. Yeah, uh, they the have people. a CEO. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the people. They they own it together. Right, yeah. uh, but no, it's like uh, Jim Ursay and his drug abuse to, um, to the guy that the Houston guy that passed away. Like I don't know the if guy who a, said you don't let the yeah pigs run the farm or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the insane. Yeah, the help essentially. It's a don't don't let the prisoners run the prison. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here is I mean I don't know if you can dis is like I don't think it matters that. Tepper's unpopular at this point. I don't think that really matters. Well, and so to his He did credit, delete his Twitter account, didn't he? That's what I heard some people say. I didn't know he had one. Yeah, I wasn't aware that there was one that existed. Uh, th- this is kind of what I think. To me, it may have been a pull the band-aid now kind of thing for David Tepper. You know, we've all uh, mentioned it and said that it was a very real possibility that David Tepper probably just wants to move on from cam newton and, that's what and it I, sounded I, like with marty herney yeah. man in that in that conference call that marty herney talked about is that this really wasn't about injuries and cam's current health or his current health like right now it seemed like this was just a moment where they could st- hit the reset button and like leave even cam in the past which i think is ridiculous yep. and crazy no, it is. But if he has some sort of the, – the thing that gives me pause is that Marty Herney is a part of it, and I just have no faith in Marty Herney. I don't care if people call me a hater or whatever. I have no faith in Marty <laughs> Herney to be anywhere near uh, making decisions uh, for person, uh, player personnel on this football team. Which like, is why I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Yeah. I think he's just the hatchet man. And we have the same conversation over again. <laughs> uh, but my my main thing is people are going to get over it if David Tepper does turn out to be right and it does turn out to build something here. I tell and, you what, he, I think yeah. I think people are going to get over it the moment they get to go down there and see that new uh, facility once we get training camp down there and you have this entire experience to be able to go down there and witness the training camp. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, with the new uh, training facility they're going to oh. be building down in Spartan or down in uh, Rock Hill. I We're going to yeah. forget about David Tepper as soon as the Panthers start playing, and then the conversation is either going to be about how they're having success 
and is Matt Rule like awesome or it's going to be do do we hate Matt Rule? You know what I mean? Is that this is the owner the only time this is we will no longer be talking about Temper and Marty Hearn anymore. Um I do think, you know, I work at a college and I know we hired the what is the equivalent of the general manager for the college. And the president, our former president, used to be, he was such a good politician, right? Is that people, you just liked him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just was likable all the time and this and that. And then he hired someone, and some people said that that's the guy that he uses to do the things he doesn't want you to know he does. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the buffer. So I think that Marty Herney is that at this point. And I did see that uh, someone mentioned earlier in the chat that uh, Jordan Rodrigue on Wilson and Parcel this morning said that the personnel decisions are largely in Matt Rule's hands. Yeah, which is something I don't think many of us questioned, especially Greg. Going back to Cam, yeah. Going back to Cam, is that did you guys hear that the Ringer is releasing? This is the actual news of the week. The Ringer is going to launch a six episode podcast series on the life and career of free agent Cam Newton. Uh, it has a working title right now of the Cam Chronicles. And, uh, <laughs> that'd be what this, this was, this was originally called the Cam Chronicles, right? I'm that's what this has been for the last nine years. Y'all, <laughs> y'all are only doing a six episode podcast. You weak ass. Yeah, We've yeah, done 700 of on Cam Newton. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Tynes is the Ringers. Tyler Tynes spent the last nine months recording the podcast, which includes interviews from the QB's father, former teammates, coaches, journalists. It's going to be available on the Ringer NFL show feed. Uh, That is, uh, you know, when you heard some of the things, you know, Marty Herney said he didn't want to get into why they made the decision, but once that they did make the decision to move on from Cam, that they acted on it. I wonder if there's some sort of threat about, you know, Cam Newton has got a lot of stuff going on. I wonder if people feel threatened by that. He also has a a show dropping on Quibi. Uh, I keep on hearing about this Quibi thing. All these celebrities are like, dropping shows on it but coming up here soon uh, i mean all his instagram posts are about his new online show that he's getting ready to drop well can i just say that with the conversation we have right now i think that with what's going on with rule and tepper and you know we were talking about you're going to forget about rule and tepper i think you, you you go into this situation with two different mindsets you're on one side or the other and you're on the mindset of where i'm at where I feel like the team we had was a good team and you can build that team to be a productive and winning team, a competitive team, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. It's not going to happen. You know, people, people talk about the Patriots like it's something that anybody can replicate. Look, the Patriots had a lot of factors that went into them being as, as successful as they were. Not to mention they went, I think, what, nine or ten years before they without, between Super Bowls? So, I mean, they're, they're not, you know, it's, it's not like the, the, that's a really replicable thing. You're not going to be in a, in a division with Miami and the Jets, and I don't even know the team Buffalo. in the division right now. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, for 20 years. Like That, that has a lot to do that with it. That helped okay? a lot. 
it did help a lot. So, so, so I'm in the mindset of we have the team that we could have built and we could have gone in the future with and, and, and really had a competitive team. Or you could be in the mindset of backing up Rule and Tepper for what they're doing right now, which is fine to do that, and you very well could be right. But if you're doing that, you're backing and you're supporting tanking next year. Because if you don't tank next year, if you don't get a top three pick next year, their process has failed. So if you back what they're doing right now, you are backing them tanking, and you are saying that you're giving them two, three years, which guess what? Anybody could have turned this team around two or three years. You know? CK, so how do you feel? CK, how do you, you feel know? about that? I, I disagree with anybody can turn a team around in three years because, you know, we've seen plenty of uh, mediocrity over decades. You know, we you're saw right what there. happened with Not the Tampa anybody, Bay. But a lot of people could have. I yeah. Think. Well, I mean, I, you know, to, to that point, I, it, I do not feel as though the moves that have been made are indicative of a tanking year. I would, at this point in time, I don't think they've been moves that are going to push us into the playoffs. But I think it, therein lies my agreeance with you is anything but tanking is a failure if we're not making it to the playoffs. If we go eight and eight, we're we're just not that is not a, a, a situation you want to be in. That is the epitome of failure. It, it, if you go, if you're in the bo- in top five in uh, in the draft, right? You could pick one through five, one of those positions. I feel like that at least your season meant something. You know, yeah. if, if you're picking number sixteen or seventeen or eighteen, you might get a, 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 a impact player, but you're not getting that game changing player uh, as as much as you are almost guaranteed within the top ten, top five, right? Um, and, and the problem I have, well, sorry, interrupt you. But the problem I have with the rule and Tepper situation is both of them are saying we're doing everything we can to put the best players in the position to, to be the best team, you know. But that contradicts what you're trying to do because obviously you're not doing that. You're putting mediocre players who either never played in the league or have played in the league and not been great players while they've been in the league. So you're not putting the best players in position to be a winner. So you're saying one thing and you're you're doing another, but. What's going to end up happening? I mean, you you could end up screwing this whole thing up, like you said, if you finish eight and eight. Do you think you, know? you would be happier if we tanked? Uh, if we tanked and had a good offense in the process, would that make no. you happier in the scheme? So what I'm saying is this: because yes. we're gonna put up some points. It ask, seems ask like Tampa we Bay. could. Well, I Bay if they... every team put up more. <laughs> Ask Tampa Bay how yeah. they feel about having had an offense, but every year tanking. They've had an offense for years. Mm-hmm. They've just, I can't tell you how many Tampa Bay fans are happy they had an offense. Well, don't That's you think true. it would be better for the, for like the morale of the fan base if we were, lo- if we went one in 15 and mm-hmm. we were, we <laughs> lost half of those games by, you know, Less than a still, touchdown? Yeah, yeah. Which is I mean, Tampa Bay. I know that is Tampa Bay. I mean, look, for, for me, that's yeah. the dream scenario. Because in my mind, it, it boils down to one question. Do you believe Teddy Bridgewater is the future of the Carolina Panthers? Negative. Right. Because if you don't, then you should support a tank. Because you're not going to get the quarterback that, that you want to be under center for the next Unless 10 Unless you years. pick him this year. Yeah, well, yeah, and this is a very real possibility that Panther fans need to be open to. If uh, if Justin Herbert's there at seven, do you, would you take him over Isaiah Simmons for this at this point? 
not I don't like Teddy Bridgewater as a starting quarterback, but I would not with Teddy Bridge. If I if I had uh, uh, what was the guy's name? The Simmons. I want to say Derek. I want to say uh, Derek Anderson. What was the backup guy's name? Kyle Allen. If I had Kyle Allen as my starting quarterback, then yes, I'm taking Herbert with Teddy Bridgewater. Even though I don't like him as a future plan for the franchise, I would take Isaiah Simmons, and I would and I would wait with a quarterback. Just in my opinion, it's a philosophical question. Because, you know, and we've talked about this, you're not, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not guaranteed to have the number one pick, the number two, right. number three. There is no guarantee that you're going to be in the range to, to draft. Gamble. Yeah, to gamble. And, and so if, if you're like, listen, we don't want to ever be picking in the top 10 ever again. If we have the opportunity to get our quarterback and this is the year to do it, all I can say is this. I don't know who I'd pick over the other, but Justin Herbert is a player that you can grow with. I mean, if you listen online, a ton of people shit on him for one reason or another. It lacks so much context about the offense that he was in, the receivers that he had, how good his look since then, um, and him in a Joe Brady system and how Joe Burrow might have been a fifth-round pick the year before, and then here comes Joe Brady with this offense, and then it turns things around. I am more than comfortable if the if David Tepper and Matt Rule end up deciding that they want to bet on Justin Herbert for the next however many years. Would, I'm you, not, have, would you have the stones to make that pick yourself? Yeah. I, would. Yes. I wouldn't. Okay, yeah. CK, do you think – what do you think on the matter? Because if that's the case and he is there, I don't want to come back. I, I would. I don't want to be back in the top ten. Yeah, if we if we go quarterback in the in the first round, we we better be competitive next year. In and we better be right in the long term. That would be the other thing. Is it would have to be. We'd have to be right. Imagine if you pick that and then it didn't work, and you, how far you would be set back. But yeah, I think well, that people are scared, too, to make that decision. Yeah, well, here's the thing that I've, I've said, and I've said it from, from you know, uh, a few weeks ago when we signed Teddy Bridgewater. Do not be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater is not your starting quarterback week one. And if, if that means that Herbert comes in and he beats him out in training camp and stomps him into the ground, fine. Or maybe we draft Herbert and then we no longer need Teddy Bridgewater. And guess what? We have something to trade and then try to get more draft capital or something, even if it's a late-round pick. You know, I, I'm i not saying that that's a smart move, but if that's an opportunity at seven and he drops to us, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't take that. At least allow your, your franchise to have some excitement this year. Well, I, I think that if, if you're Carolina and you're going into the draft, and even if Herbert is available or two is available, just say one of those two is available – I think that based on what your plan is going for, from right now going forward, that drafting a quarterback is kind of counterintuitive, wouldn't it be? I mean, you you, you just paid uh, Teddy Bridgewater $60 million. You're going to pay him $60 million. Do you really want to draft Justin Herbert or Tua and have them come in the first year and well, beat him out? And that goes back to what I'm saying earlier. There is this mindset now amongst teams and it's been around for a long time is that you sign a veteran someone that you're going to roll with no matter what for you have for, a veteran for the, 
for the duration of the Bridgewater. I you're preaching to the choir, brother. I I hear you, man. I know it. I know Teddy Bridge. You're saying Teddy Bridgewater is our Alex Smith. Yeah, he's our Alex. Cam Newton would have been much better of one, you know? Well, let's hope that we don't have the exact same situation that we had that the Redskins had with Alex Alex Smith, so or yeah, well, yeah, I was right. thinking even more when he was in Kansas, yeah. which I think he was a little bit more of a long-term option in Kansas at first. Yeah, he was he was the answer I think for them when they put him in that place. But they I got mean, Mahomes. He came off you know, of a... They were able to ease Mahomes in there. Yeah, I I, and, I think this though is that I would be concerned about if you don't believe that Teddy is the like the solution. Then waiting another year in hopes that you're going to figure it out then also seems strange to me because yeah. like so I'd rather if the guy if you have an opportunity if you think that that's the case then you should go ahead and hopefully um, two of slips. So Tony, just so I'm so we're clear here, you're okay with Carolina taking a quarterback this year in the first round. I think that's the only way I'm okay with them taking a quarterback at all. Well, well Tony, what if what if in the second round or third round, Jalen Hurts or uh, Jake Fromm are available? Is it Jake Fromm? I tell that? you one thing is you don't want Jake Fromm. I don't think he's that good. I don't want him either. Yeah. I'm saying he's not a bad quarterback. I don't like him. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not going to be. He's going to be like uh, worse than Andy Dalton in the NFL. Not even in the same. I don't think he's going to be that good. But no, so no, is that I feel like we tried that half ass shit last year with Will Greer. Like, I either want to do it or don't do it. Like, that's the only thing that's appealing to me about taking the quarterback is seven is like we're here and it's and 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 it's and we can do it instead of just hoping that some way that the the answer is going to magically fall to you because I don't think that that's the case. Trevor Lawrence could his knee could explode next year. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. You know, and and to be honest, we were kind of a little bit in this situation in Carolina when we drafted Cam. Not the same. It's a lot different because we didn't have a Teddy Bridgewater and we didn't, you know, but we're coming in with a new coach. Um, and then Andrew Luck backs out, and we went with Cam. So, I don't know, but I, I think I could see what Cody's saying, is that I would be okay at 7, but I would not be okay at 38 or yeah. 64. No, I mean, no. if you're going to draft a quarterback, it's got to be, at this point in time, it's got to be your your hope that's the future. you got to think cannot- you're right. you got to think you're right. Yeah, you've got to think that he's going to. You cannot be drafting a guy in the third or fourth round as a backup. Like, because right now we have four backups, right? We have uh, PJ Walker, or no, wait, we got rid of Kyle Allen. We still have Will Greer. And if you draft another one, now all of a sudden we have four quarterbacks on, on, on the roster. And as I said, I'm not entirely sure until the this organization gets to see what they have in Will Greer that they're ready to throw him out out to the pasture, you know? So we'll have to see what happens there. Real quick, can I say, I'm going to name some names off here. Paxton Lynch, uh, Josh Rosen, Johnny Manziel, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, uh, Tim Tebow, EJ Manuel, Josh Allen, Jake Locker, Brandon Whedon, Lamar Jackson, which is a bad example of this, Josh Freeman, uh, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Blake Bortles, Teddy Bridgewater, 
Robert Griffin, uh, Sam Bradford, Mitch Trubinsky, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota. I'm going through the list of quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, uh, quarterbacks drafted in the first round for the last 10 years. Carson Wentz, um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Cam Newton might be the top. Matt Stafford. Uh, let's see. I'm at six right now. Andrew Luck. Uh, if I can scroll through all this. Jared Goff. Cam Newton, of course, Deshaun Watson and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so uh, I would like to – I think when you put it that way, it sounds scary because you hear Ponder and Lock, Jake Locker and all of these different names of people who are inconsequential going back mm-hmm. to uh, Brandon Whedon. I do mm-hmm. think to put some context on that and where this differs a little bit is that there seemingly are three or four – really high-end quarterback prospects this year. And in the past, in some of those years, when you drafted Blake Bortles, when you drafted Trubisky, well, maybe Trubisky's not a great example. That's just Chicago screwing them That up. was stupid. Right. Yeah, that was a stupid but Chicago But some of move. those yeah. years, Brandon Whedon, those are some thirsty. We were thirsty for quarterbacks. So I almost mm-hmm. felt like you were reaching those. When, when they picked Brandon Whedon, was that Dallas that did? No, it was the Browns. Browns, yeah. And the same with Bortles. Ever, and even with Trubisky, you're like, you guys are reaching unnecessarily. Let's be honest, too. you got to remember, these guys were drafted to a team that just had no help for them either. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they would have been in a different position, but I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. That's why you see these you know, high prospects go to Cleveland, and they never have a career after that. Like there are certain organizations that are career enders. And so you do not want to be drafted by them. Uh, you know, the Jaguars, they have not had very much luck when it comes to quarterbacks. And it, maybe it's the, the quarterback, but maybe it also is that how many of these players that have been successful would not have been successful had they been put in a different system? We see it I happen agree. with Josh Norman. We see it happen with plenty of other players that go to another organization. You see plenty you of people come from. Tannehill is an example yeah. of that. You, you can you can look at every single person that comes from the Patriots that's considered a high quality person. They rarely succeed outside of the Patriots organization. I, I think that you know the name uh, that bothers me on that list the most is Rosen. Yeah, that. But what's we funny were is told like he was so great. He, talked so much trash. He, he also talked so much trash coming in. Yeah, he was like, asked him up. We're gonna pay exactly. for it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my point in bringing that list up was that was the last decade. And the last decade, if you look at that list, there has been one, two quarterbacks that have made it to the Super Bowl and one that, one that won it. Patrick Mahomes won it last year, and Cam Newton's the only one to go to it. So of those 30 quarterbacks in the last decade drafted just in the first round, two quarterbacks have made it to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure if you go back 20 years... I'm, I'm, I had to go, I had to look at it. I think Eli Manning is the but, only. But that's not right. Uh, no, Jared Goff is in the Super Bowl. That's true. Okay, Jared Goff. There yeah. you go. Jared Goff is in the Super Bowl. And okay, Even though he technically what didn't play in the Super Bowl, 
for the majority majority of their season, Carson Wentz was the main reason why they were a great football team. I mean, he played – he was playing to an MVP level that Up until he got his ACL, yeah. So four of 30. Four of three is still not – that's like, what, 12%? That's still not a great Yeah, what are you going to do? Wait a minute. You're saying four – so you have Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Once again, Jared Goff, I don't think you can quite – write him off he's not been the greatest this past year but he's been a part of an incredible offense over the past you know three or four years up there you know over there in the rams um you have cam newton you have uh patrick mahomes lamar jackson i mean you have plenty of people on that list that are are considered success stories uh so i mean i i i would when i was listening to that i was trying to count them off and i, I would say out of that list i'd say uh at least this might be high. I, I, I didn't count how many people you said. I would say close to half of those people have have been able to contribute to their team's success in some way, shape, or form. Okay. I think another thing that's kind of tough with when you think about Super Bowls is that there's really not been that many quarterbacks in the Super Bowl over the last. I mean, obviously, there's only been the the, the Brady's and the in the Mannings. I mean, and, listen to this: is 2019 was Mahomes, Garoppolo. The year before was Brady, Golf. But then, you, then you had Foles, Brady, but Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Peyton. Uh, look, those are f- right there. Well, Peyton Manning, I mean, Tom Brady's an outlier because he was that six-round pick. Um, Eli, Joe Flacco, Colin Kaepernick was in the Super Bowl. Really, there is – and so I think I could see both sides of your point or, or two sides to the point, Greg, is that one is that it doesn't work out as as much as we it, as want it to, right? right? I mean, there's been a lot of failure stories. But I would also argue that there are not a lot of success stories outside of the first-round picks either. No, I would say that there are more bust and uh, and you know uh, failed failed quarterbacks probably taken after the first round. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. There's a less percentage, but there's still a few successful ones. I mean, what's the guy sure. from Jacksonville? Uh, Minshew, Dak Prescott. I mean, yeah. there's. There's a few that are outside of the first round that are Tom Russell Brady. Wilson. The point being, Russell though, Wilson. is that yeah. the, whole, the whole draft is a crapshoot. I oh, mean, yeah. not, right. not, none of the GMs have a crystal ball and are you know able to appear into the future and see what these players um, will or won't be. You just have to scout them, uh, determine mm-hmm. whether or not they fit with what you do, and and take them. I mean, if, if trust me, uh, if you're the the Texans. You're not regretting moving up to 12 in order to draft Deshaun Watson. You know? I agree. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't brought you there yet, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to at some point. His coach is Bill O'Brien. And the yeah. other thing, too, and, though, is yeah. that – and we should point out, too, is that you it's, – it's, you remember Dave Gettleman said, don't shop hungry? Yeah. Um, a lot of those quarterback reaches were for teams that were shopping hungry. And maybe, and so if we, if we, or trying to be too cute, that's what I think is like picking Trubisky is some scout trying to prove to you that he's smart. Right. And if it works out, he's going to be the greatest guy ever. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, dude, he played like 10 games in college. That was it. And he wasn't like that. Carolina. 
yeah. for Carolina, which is a horrible that football program. That was stupid. That yeah. was stupid. And so it was the Blake Bortles was up in that, but they were shopping Hungary. So the, that's where I would be somewhat okay with it. Is that like, man, this guy was here. We didn't think he was going to be here, and we can't pass this up. I don't think trading up though is the right way to do it. Um, let's go back into the cat calls and see where they go. I'm sure that that took us a little into the draft. Let's see where else we're going. Just after you. What's up? Anyway, oh, forgot yeah, we had the whole way too. they treated Cam was fucking ridiculous. And I just. I love when people love Cam. It as makes much me sick to my stomach. Literally sick to my stomach to think about it. I remember being at that game at Tampa Bay last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, here for Tampa Bay last season. Yeah. And watching how Cam Newton was and watching his worst game of his career and sitting there getting this just disturbing, nauseous feeling that am I watching Cam Newton's last game as a Carolina Panther right now? And I'm, and the whole year I spent myself convincing myself that was not the case. They could not be that stupid because this man is the biggest competitor in the NFL. And if you don't think that he can come back and <laughs> Get behind Baby, a halfway back. decent line, a halfway decent line. I'm just talking about a halfway decent line. See, that's where our problems are. I don't care what quarterback is back there. This draft, you better go after offensive linemen. You, ha- we have what we have not spent premium draft capital or any draft capital for that fucking matter on offensive linemen for a very, very long fucking time. Too and little, it is too late. Far overdue. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. I I wouldn't mind to trade back to get up. two offensive linemen. It's not a bad, and, you know, bad trade idea. back in first round, get two later first round picks. You know, get both offensive linemen. I mean, if you can't get Isaiah Simmons, which is who I really want. Oh my God, I want uh, if he can follow us, bro. You got to go after him. You you just have to. You have to. I mean, that, that man is that a beast. Man. Cody's right. Uh, he will be a beast in this league. Uh, it's a perfect Luke Keekley replacement, and that's what you're looking for. You know, I mean, he may not be – I don't know if he can be the, the captain of the defense. You know, that may come come with time, obviously, but he can definitely fly around the field and plug up the holes, plug up the run holes, you know, break down break, – break off in coverage, everything. So – I have a question uh, about let's Simmons Let's see what we can you. do through this draft. Um yep. You know, I haven't really been paying too much attention to free agency and a bunch of no names that I've seen so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't get to catch the show this past Tuesday, but I'm catching up on it on Wednesday, and uh, I will see you guys next Tuesday. Love you guys. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, man. Thanks for the the contribution, my man, my man. Uh, thanks for supporting the C Three Panthers podcast. Uh, I tell you this is that my uh, all right. I want to go back to Simmons. Let me go back to that because before I forget this, um, uh-huh. so one of the things about Simmons is how eye popping his stat, like his athleticism is. Right? Yeah. Is that it's just like all right. This is a, a guy. It's like when you see those offensive linemen rowing like a sub four six, and you're like, "This is not supposed to match my eyeballs." You know what I'm seeing? This isn't Here's right. Here's a guy. Yeah, um, but the question I have with an Isaiah Simmons: Could we overvalue that a hair and be so enamored 
by those those numbers. Like, what is who's the next best linebacker in this draft? Isn't it that guy from Alabama? Um, no, for my money, it's uh, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. He's a linebacker from Oklahoma, six two two forty. Also ran a, a four five, I believe. I mean, those are about little quickly numbers. But with Isaiah Simmons, Tony, it's it, it's not about combine numbers. When you, I mean, I've had the pleasure of watching him for three years, um, very intently, and the dude just does it. I mean, dude, he can flip his hips like a cornerback. He can run like a running back, and he is, you know, six foot four with an eighty inch wingspan. Right. I'm not disputing I mean, any the, of that. My Lewis Peppers. I said, I'm not disputing right. any of that. Yeah, but is the drop off like? Is there another elite type linebacker? Is it worth that high? Is just all I'm saying. <laughs> Is that is that because we've seen the NFL devalue? You want to talk about devaluation of positions? The linebacker position, you know, twenty years ago, I could see you picking this, but I don't think we've been picking linebackers in the top ten as much. And I'm not saying he's not awesome. What I'm just saying is this: Do you get your more bang for your buck at a different position? Yes, and by the way, all those things that you just said were also said when we drafted Luke Kickley. So well, with Luke Keekley, it was at, at the time there was a severe problem on the team, and that was we had no secondary, right? And right, right. we had two linebackers that were Pro Bowl linebackers. So I want to. That they, they, is they, different than this case because we don't have any depth there. We just got Shaq Thompson. So this is why he's worth it to me. No matter what you think about Matt Rule. And right now, opinions are up and down because of Cam and things he said, and, and well, whatever. A lot of it's legitimate stuff. Um, but regardless of whatever you think about Matt Rule, there is one thing that we know about him, and we know that he can do well. He can take a player, and regardless of, of uh, what position they start at or whatever, I mean, you heard in that Robbie Anderson clip earlier. He is going to find a way, him and Phil Snow, to employ you in the or to deploy you in the best way possible. Now, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator for Clemson, is one of the best defensive minds in all of college football. But you don't have to look too hard to realize that on different packages, on different downs, with different kinds of players, when you have a weapon like Isaiah Simmons that you can put all over the field. Opposing yes. offenses don't know how to handle you. Mm-hmm. So you could put Isaiah Simmons at nickel corner and all of a sudden he's spying the quarterback or dropping all the way back in the zone coverage all the way to a deep third running hauling ass down the field with the tight end. I mean, but when you have a player who is that versatile, they're going to quarterbacks are going to have to make decisions based upon where Isaiah Simmons is lined up. And then mm-hmm. it's not even guaranteed that he's going to be doing that specific thing that the quarterback thought he was going to be doing on that play. Would you that say that's similar? Would you say that's a kind of the similar argument we have for Christian McCaffrey? Is that by looking yep. at him as just a running back, is, is not yeah. 
So maybe that's my, I won't say, is that that's how I've got to reframe my brain when it comes to Simmons is just, but then that means that you expect him really to be, you you expect from that description, that sounds like better than Luke Keekley. No, Tony. But before you jump in here, Gray, I just want to say one fast thing. Tony, he has the potential. And uh, listen, everyone has to prove everything. There is not a player that's been drafted that that's proven anything in the NFL. Not Joe Burrow, not two or not anyone. They all have to live up to the hype. But Isaiah Simmons, when you look at the physical gifts, what he does on film, the type of versatility, I mean, you really are talking about, Tony, potentially a once-in-a-lifetime kind of player. And I don't say that. I don't throw that around willy-nilly. I mean, you have a player that you're going to be able to put at seven different positions on. Didn't on he play the, like five the, different positions? Yeah, for five. Really right? really over, and, and most of them are over 100 snaps. So they mm-hmm. played them at all those positions a mm-hmm. lot. And he did it well. I mean, he could be a once in a lifetime kind of player. Greg, go ahead. Cody, let me back you up, man. And yeah, man. Uh, Tony, when you're talking about comparing to, C- uh, to CMC on the offense, imagine this: CMC plays can play a wide receiver or a running back, and probably be one of the top ten in the NFL at either position. Okay. Sure. Imagine if CMC could play running back, tight end, quarterback wide receiver, and offensive lineman, and be probably top 10. <laughs> yeah. That's what Isaiah Simmons is. Okay? That's what that gives you. Well, on then he team. shouldn't make it to seven, then. And I, I don't think he will. I, I really don't think he will. So, I did a lot of hot grass so, today, and he did not follow me one time. So, no. the other night, um, uh, check it out right now, and I have a write-up about it for drafttech.com. We did our first uh, live analyst mock draft. And uh, I actually traded up to number four with the Giants for Isaiah Simmons for for only for only the seventh and the thirty-eighth pick. Um, and uh, uh, the, the the Panther fans, some Panther fans would hate that because we have so many holes to fill. Why are you trading up for a player that's not a quarterback? Listen, man, you're talking about a blue chip linchpin centerpiece of your defense for the next decade to come and it's going to grow and it's going to get better and it's going to learn NFL cadences from quarterbacks and all these other things. Austin Luke Keekley is a coach. Yeah, man, dude, Isaiah Simmons is in my opinion, the the, the pick and the for Giants L. will should not let him go because then the Giants they probably won't. The Giants have the yeah. opportunity to have the same thing that we have. Mm-hmm. We would have if we get Simmons. You have Simmons and Christian McCaffrey, like these kind of transcendent type players. They yeah. have Saquon yeah. Barkley, who is that same. He's cut from the same cloth. <laughs> you know. Can I ask you? Can I make a suggestion for a uh, for a uh, a segment? Yeah, yeah. Predict the headline. All right. Ooh. So the day after draft night, okay. week or that okay. that that first round, the the day after or the night of, what is the headline? Is it 
Is it, uh, and it doesn't have to be Panthers related. I mean, what is the biggest surprise based on what you know now about the way things are working and who's on, what is the biggest surprise coming out of the draft on the first round? Oh, biggest. What is going to be the headline? For all teams, like just the biggest, all, just overall? the biggest. All what's going to be the top thing on NFL, like oh. on NFL.com, on on ESPN, that's going to be trending on Twitter the entire time, similar to the Giants taking Daniel Jones or uh, or the Bears trading up to get Trubisky, um, you know, things like that that are like earth shattering, where that should not have happened. I would imagine if I mean it's a. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. Uh, I would say Justin Herbert being drafted ahead of Tua. Okay. okay. Then uh, I, my headline, if that one is true, my headline is Chase Young slips out of the top five. Oh, no. Oh, dude, no way in hell. Dude, I was thinking oh. that literally as as you were saying that. Like The reason I'm saying that is I could see a scenario. I'm not saying it's smart. I could see a scenario where the Redskins take Isaiah Simmons um, instead of Chase Young, which they're being mocked to take Chase Young pretty much all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see a scenario, and, and apparently the Redskins have actually said they're not interested in a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, but they're lying. You know, they've got to be. Everybody's lying. They got, but here's the other thing too: is like, is is it's not even about Chase Young, but what if Simmons goes three? Right? What if it goes like you pick Joe Burrow, then the Redskins either trade out of that pick? Nah, dude, he's not falling past three. No, Chase Young's not falling past. Yeah, if, no- if, if 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 for whatever reason, well, if, if Isaiah Simmons is so transcendent, could you see a world where Isaiah Simmons goes ahead of Chase Young? How about that? Uh, I, I I I could I could. The only reason I couldn't is because because Chase Young is dominant at one position. You don't ask a defensive end to play five different positions that's what we should Man, trade up for him dude well keep in mind so by the way before i go forward uh uh carl van and air raid 73 thank you so much for the love bombs we appreciate it it doesn't go unnoticed um and one of the things that um so okay to our d- discussion uh chase young last year had 16 sacks 16 and an astronomical amount of pressures. I I mean, a pass rusher. Listen, the level of importance, if you're going to rank them from, you know, from just all football positions is quarterback. Number one, pass rusher. Number two. But you also have to think about team needs. That's all my point is, is this, is what if there is, if there's a run on quarterbacks, and if your headline is correct that, uh, what's his name, goes ahead of Tua, that means that Tua can't make it past a certain amount of teams as well. Like, he can't make it past the Chargers. He can't make it past the Dolphins and all of these teams. And then what happens if if Simmons goes ahead and then the Lions, the only thing is, could you pick, what if somebody goes crazy and picks the cornerback, the Okuda guy, Okuda. and then all of a sudden now, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying is that that's Man. my thing. Is that would be the headline I want to happen? Chase Young slips out of the top five. The Chargers mistakenly let him go by because oh. they have. They've got those no two defensive ends. They have. And they have them. no quarterback. Yeah, and then all of a sudden. That's what I want to happen. And if somebody trades out of the top five, that makes that storyline more plausible. Hey, well, so my question is, if, if, Chase, if number two pick goes by and Chase Young's not drafted, do you think there's a trade immediately from somebody ahead to get him? Because, look, I love Isaiah Simmons. I really do. And I think I honestly think, me personally, because of what my, my team needs, I think Isaiah Simmons and Chase Young are the two best players in the draft. Like them two and yeah, Nakuda, a lot, two, a lot of my, my team needs a lot of and Nakuda or Simmons and Akuda. So yeah, a, lot, a, a lot of people do. Um, I tell you and, one thing: the Giants won't let him go by. No, probably not. No, no, hold on, no, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. We do need to, to talk about that a little bit because they just drafted a quarterback. There are two players. Their two franchise players right now are Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And you're not going to be able to throw the football or run the football if you don't have offensive linemen. And we, sure. know, that, and we know that Dave Gettleman loves the hog mollies, and it just so happens that there are four, uh, there are four offensive uh, tackles. So th that's why I made that trade for draft tech. Because if you went to Gettleman and said, look, Move with us from four to seven. You still have a chance to take one of the better offensive tackles in this class, and you net the second round pick for it. So, and in my mind, that would be good justification. But you know, I just I don't know. You know, Dave Gettleman's a wild card, but you just invested in a quarterback and a running back early in the draft in your first two years of being the general manager, how do you not then value protecting those two investments? Because you're not just protecting one of them. Uh, you're protecting both of them by allowing them to run the football with Saquon. So yeah. it, it, it's not – right now, New York is our biggest obstacle to drafting Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. So well, let me – let me do. I'll, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead, Greg. You're good to go. You're good. I was going to say, with that, the the biggest headline. Let it not only be that, but like, who who is going to be the biggest loser of draft night? The first mm -hmm. night of draft night. Yeah. Who is going to be the biggest loser? The loser. Who's going to be the the Chicago Bears of you know two years ago when they drafted Trubisky at a much higher. Uh, you know, draft position than than anybody else had him scheduled for. They could have stayed where they were and saved so much draft capital and still picked him up. Same thing with the Giants and the J Daniel Jones. I don't think it'll happen, but if the rumors are true and Miami is in love with Joe Burrow and the Bengals decide to trade back to number five out of Joe Burrow, then that's the the Bengals are fucking stupid the bungles is what people are calling them if <laughs> yeah they the that. bungles yeah what if the Bengals? what if they picked chase young there there's no way there's no way in hell they, they, they yeah. still have andy dalton <laughs> you guys don't know yeah, and like, that's they still, wonderful yeah they still have him they could still value him as a 
as a quarterback. Uh, maybe <laughs> right. I guess it is possible. I, I just feel like there's no way in hell to do it. But no, um, it's not gonna happen. No. I, I wanted to bring up earlier where we were talking about uh, you know us talking about drafting uh, Isaiah Simmons at that main linebacker position inside linebacker outside linebacker or he can play seven whatever. Um, if by chance that doesn't happen, because I really don't think he'll be there at seven. I just personally don't. I love him, but I don't think he'll be there at seven. We're so I, jaded I, as Panther fans. As uh, every, all, the, the player we, we want, we know we're not getting him. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I did this mock draft earlier with, that Cody showed me, and at in the fifth round, I drafted a guy named Marcus Bailey. And I want you all, if you get a chance, look up Marcus Bailey highlights. This is a linebacker from Purdue. Four-year senior, about to graduate. He's got great numbers. This guy looks legit. He can cover. He can rush. He can do all kinds of stuff. I think that if we can't get a guy like Isaiah Simmons in the first round, we wait because I got this guy in the fifth round. Of course, I know this is a computer mock draft. Didn't always fall like that. But uh, check out Marquis Bailey from Purdue, man. Like I don't know a lot about drafting. Cody, you do. I think this guy is legit. Just looking at his highlights. Once again, it's highlights. So they're going to be good no matter what. Uh, I'd like to compare it to his, you know, the games where he didn't have such, uh, such great games. But in the games I saw, he was getting two, three sacks, you know, from rushes. He was getting, he had a couple games of two interceptions. He had a couple of interceptions in terms for a touchdown. He's great in coverage. This guy, Marcus Bailey from Purdue, is a legit linebacker that I think we could pick up late and, and get away with a, a steal. So, yeah, I'll definitely check him out. Um, uh, there are still uh, a number of players that I have not watched film yet on. That that's what I'll do before before next Tuesday. I'm gonna put out my updated big board. This is. So, do you want to hear Daniel Jeremiah's first round? His first ten picks. Yeah. Oh, I saw that today, and his <laughs> draft is so terrible. It makes my butthole clutch. All right, it, it goes Joe Burrow, oh, Chase Young, Jeff Akuda, Tristan Wharfs, Riffs, Wirt, Wow, Wirt. yeah. Wow. Um, Justin Herbert goes to the Dolphins. Dolphins. Tua to mm. the Chargers. Derek Brown there to the Panthers. Ah. How are you picking him over either Simmons or Akuda? That is the no Akuda's three to oh. to Detroit. I, I didn't pay attention. But no Makai Beckton, it's a lot of offensive tackles, man, in this top ten. See, and that's the thing. That's why my my headline is: What if the Redskins stun us and pick a quarterback? That would be awesome. I think the Redskins are going to pick up Cam Newton, to be truly honest with you. Ron Rivera, why not? Who do you have there? No, Wayne Haskins, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Wayne Haskins, awesome. Wouldn't he be great to learn to Cam Newton for a year or two? Mm. All right, let's let's go back to the calls. Next call. Hey, Panthers podcast. G. Cavassier, how y'all doing? You guys and your families and friends and loved ones are, you know, staying safe in this trying time that we have with this damn, you know, coronavirus. But I want to talk to y'all about something about this draft coming up that, uh, you know, is going to be a virtual draft this year. I'm sure everything is going to be okay. 
with that. Everything's going to be okay with that. Now, here is my draft picks. These are the first two picks I want. Number one, in the first round, you got to get Simmons, man, out of Clemson. That damn dude. Man, that dude can play linebacker and – he can, if they don't, if he don't match out linebacker, <laughs> they put him in safety. I mean, I seriously thought that would happen, but hey, that's my opinion. I mean, we got to get this dude, and I believe if he falls to the second round, he will. But it would be nice, you know. Another dude that is AJ Terrell out of Clemson. I'm telling you, man, that damn cornerback is a. <laughs> that dude is nice, man. That dude is nasty as shit, man. I really want that cornerback from uh, Alabama, man, but he's going to be gone. You know, that's if Terrell falls in the second uh, round. I don't see us uh, okay. playing no players. I don't see us giving up giving up C-Mac. I hope to God not. You know, listen to our Herney interview today, and that shit was uh, – I hate to hear Her- Herney talk sometimes, man, because it's like that dude is lying through his fucking teeth, man, I swear. So – Guys, give, give me a taste on that. You know, Simmons in round one, and shit. A.J. Terrell in round two. He falls in round two, man. I'm not sold on Derek Brown. I'm done with him. Out of Auburn, that dude was overrated. I'm sorry. I'd rather take Everyone's him Everyone's Give me your thoughts on that. Keep pounding. All right, talk Keep about pounding. that number two pick. We've talked a lot about yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. So, uh, uh, A.J. Terrell was a five-star corner uh, who comes out of Georgia and um, it, he played for Clemson for three years, and he's been one of the best uh, cornerbacks in the ACC. He's uh, about well, long, six foot one. He probably needs to bulk up a little bit, but I, I mean, he did well against really good football teams. The people's last memory of him is against LSU, and he had some bad plays against LSU, but even then, it was a lot of the quarterback and the receivers just making plays and going up and coming down with the football. The coverage was not even that bad. Um, a lot of my drafts have A.J. Terrell going in the first round, even, uh, of this year's draft and the, and the later end of the first round. So, yeah, that's a player who, if, he, uh, if he's available with the 38th pick, I'd, I'd love to have A.J. on the team. Um, and then he mentioned another player. Who else did he mention uh, at, at, at the end? He said A.J. Terrell on one more. Mm. Let's see. Yeah, I don't remember. Not, you know, listen to our Herney interview today, and that shit was uh, – I hate to hear Her- Herney talk sometimes, man, because it's like that dude is <laughs> He agrees with man, us. Man. So, guys, give, give me a taste on that. You know, Simmons and well, round way. one and shit. AJ Terrell in round two. He falls in round two, man. I'm not sold on Derek yep. Brown. Oh, it was the Auburn, court, was it was somebody oh. from uh, Alabama that was a cornerback. Oh yeah, uh, Trayvon. So yeah, the receiver is Stephon Diggs. His brother is in this year's draft, and his a uh, corner from Alabama, Trayvon Diggs. And uh, some people are kind of hot and cold on him. I wouldn't mind it if it was a, a later round pick. Uh, I mean, preferably somewhere like the third round. If we have an adjust corner and he is there in the third round, I wouldn't mind that. Um, uh, imagine what Stefan Diggs' brother's like. Oh, my God. That must be so hard. <laughs> if he's like his brother, he's so hard to get along with. Never hey, happy. Hey, hey, 
I gotta ask you about a player, man. Do you know anything about uh, Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU? Do I? Oh, he's <laughs> probably probably uh, probably my top rated um, interior pure interior offensive lineman. Yeah, he's probably my number one. That dude that- has freak show arm length, by the way. Which, if yeah. you're a guard, dude, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, Lloyd Cushenberry is a bad mofo. Dude, that's I, I, what I have as my number two pick in the draft. In my mock draft, that's my number two guy. It's just the fact that he went to LSU. We have Joe Brady next year. I think that that if he's there at number two in the second round, you mean at, yeah. at thirty-eight? At thirty-eight, yeah. Yep. yeah. So no, that would be uh, a fantastic pick. CK, did you ever drop your headline? I I didn't, but I think mine because I was similar to yours. I, I hadn't uh, really thought of. I, you know what mine's gonna be is Tua falls farther in the draft than anybody anticipates. Mm. Like a, a Rosen type deal. I, I'm thinking more like a, and I, I, maybe this is a, a bad example because I can't remember where they were expecting him to go, but more like a Lamar Jackson type of situation. Okay. Dude, what what would you all feel like if Tua started to fall and then the Saints traded up and drafted Tua? I'd be all right with I that. I would want to kick the Saints in the nuts. I'd No, I'd be cool with it. I'd be cool with it because right now, I mean, that once again, you, you, you create question marks within what's going on with the Saints. And I still think that even with the new quarterback, if you don't have Drew Brees, you take a huge step backwards. Well, my no one games without him this year, though. Yeah, but Sean Payton and well, Tua, and that offensive line, and but so, but I disagree. With you, okay, I don't think it um it 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 provides um confusion at the position. You know that at some point you keep on kicking mm-hmm. this can down the road, but you're gonna have to have life after Drew Brees. Yeah, and, and it, again, it's the same. That that's the the player that people are comparing to uh, to is Drew Brees. The way he manages the pocket, goes through his reads, is accurate with the football. He's I mean, it would, which is so awesome. <laughs> it would be a seamless transition. Oh, I'm a left for you. New Orleans. So I w- I would hate that move if it happened. Um, but I I, I would not be surprised if the Saints say um, we're going to take a quarterback of the future if one did fall. Well, they have to start thinking about it. You yeah, know, they, well, they gave the a first-round tenure, right? They gave it. They they did um, a first-round tender on Hill, meaning that unless another team wants to give up their first-round draft pick, they can't. I mean, they can offer make an offer, and if the Saints aren't willing to match it, then they have to get a first-round pick. In addition right. to you know, you know not having to do that, so basically getting rid of him for a first rounder at that point. So nobody's going to take that. Nobody's taking the first rounder for Taysom Hill, right? Which makes Logical. you wonder what they think about him. You and know, I still think there is no way in this world, and even within the Saints organization, as we heard last week, there is no way in hell that they think that Taysom Hill is the future. I I agree too. I don't think he is by any means, but you never know, man. 
There's a reason that they value him more as a receiver than they do as a quarterback. I I could see the two a drop fall conversation happen. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's where I kind of went with my um, question about COVID and and whether or not this whole process of social distancing is going to impact one player over another. And I think when I look at, what teams are going to, you know, be giving up? I mean, you're, you've got to hit. If you're in the top ten, you have got to hit on whoever yeah. you draft. If you don't, it is a huge and a significant impact, and it sets your organization back possibly years if you don't. And so, if you, if you to to as a Miami Dolphins situation, let's take that into consideration. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not the answer, right? He's 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 a a, a nice headline grabber. He can. He can do some things on on a on a irregular basis, but you want to have that guy you know is going to be able to succeed. And right now, all you're hearing is the propaganda that Tua's side of things is getting out there saying, "I'm super healthy. I'm able to do everything I possibly can," and nobody is able to verify it. Similar to what's happening with Cam Newton. I hope Chase Young slips, dude. That's going to be my dream for the next three weeks. That is my dream. Hoping uh, one hand, shaking the other, my friend. Yeah, but you yeah. know, is here is what you have to you have to acknowledge, Cody, is that the NFL draft is unpredictable. It's true. You know, I mean, is that last year, Cle- uh, Cleveland Farrell went four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Is that yeah. uh, the Giants picked Daniel Jones at six? Um, speaking of, is that uh, I, what did Josh Allen do with the Jags this year? How was he? Remember how Josh big um, you know, that defensive yeah, man that we were talking about him, kind of like Chase Young type conversation. I think no, a little no, bit. No, no, no. It was him and Nick Bosa, right? We're supposed to be the best. Yeah, but even if 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 Chase Young was in last year's draft, he would have been graded higher than all of them. Than Nick Bosa? Yes, way higher than Bosa. And look what Bosa has done. Yeah. In the NFL. I don't know, man. Maybe the Redskins screw up and pick a quarterback. That's all I all I can hope for is that somebody does tries to be too smart. And that lands a Simmons or Chase Young or Akuda. Akuda. I think one we of those three. We need a possible. defensive player. Akuda That's what Matata. we need. That's what we. I need. really hope we take Akuda so we can create a song called Akuda Matata. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, next call. Uh, there's short ones coming up, and then we'll get out of here. And CK and uh, everybody. Um, up? I just wanted to say this is Anthony Rochelle, and I just wanted to say this is a rebuilding, take you know, starting year. It's gonna hopefully build up the pieces of what we need to do. I think we still need to get an offensive line. Um, that's just my opinion. I appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, thanks, man. Hope thanks man. for your call. It, you, buddy. I still can't. I would. I think if we picked offensive linemen here, I would be disappointed. Uh, it, that depends upon who's left on the board. Right. 
Well, there's a lot of offensive linemen in the first round that are available, but I don't know if any of them are available for seven. If, my here's my thing. If we're going to pick an offensive line in the first round, we've got to trade back. We cannot. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree like, in that. In my I'll opinion, the first if, round if we trade back, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm, if we're actually adding multiple pieces, which I can see with what, you know, and, and, and Greg, you may agree on this point. I can see the team as Matt Rule trading back because I don't think that they would necessarily value a top 10 pick as much with the type of players he's been adding to this team since he's been here. And they're so, he's supposed to be so analytics based too. Yeah. So I can see them playing the long game and actually getting the pieces that they feel like are going to fill the the holes and try to piece together the puzzle without having one person be the centerpiece and, and instead having the team working as a whole. I, I, I don't know if that's going to be an accurate es- you know estimation of what they're going to do, but I could see a situation where they trade back just because a, a top 10 pick isn't something that I can see them valuing unless it is a franchise quarterback. Possibly. All right, next go. Hey, this is Anthony. I just wanted to say to Cody that I I agree that we should get Isaiah Simmons if we can take him. Um, that's about it. Go Panthers. I just feel all right. So the again, the, this is where my Chase Young thought came from: is that there's too many top ten picks in the top ten. Mm. You know, and then you throw in the 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 part that teams are um, prone to do some unpredictable stuff, needy teams, hungry teams for a quarterback, and this and that is that there's got to be somebody who slips. And that was kind of where my conversation went early in the show a little bit, is that you guys have told me this. You've told me that Isaiah Simmons, transcendent player. Chase Young, transcendent player. Joe Burrow, number one no matter what. Tua, Tavag- Tua best quarterback prospect, but injured. Uh, and you've also told me, too, that the Justin Herbert guy is going to go ahead of him. Like, at some point, we should somebody's got to be a bust. Yeah, and somebody's going to be there. So, what if you trade back? Yeah. What if you got Kinlaw and an offensive tackle? Oh man. Can I tell you guys this scenario that I've had running through my head? Would you and this is so stupid, but I don't care cuz it's late in the show who gives a fuck. Uh, let's say we draft Isaiah Simmons at number 7. Would you be willing to do a one-for-one trade of Christian McCaffrey to Denver for the 15th pick and draft Javon Kenlaw at number 15? And and get what could potentially be two Pro Bowl players on your defense. Would you? you, I don't think so. I I don't think so simply because I think Christian McCaffrey has shown that he is valued way higher than a 15th round. I mean, number 15 pick in the draft. Right. Um, But I think, I think personally, 
from the out when I look at the organization as a whole, again, I think they are valuing the offense more so than the defense. And I think they want the pieces for defense, but I think Christian McCaffrey is a bigger part of, especially when you have a Teddy Bridgewater who is known to hold onto the ball a little bit too long. If you have an outlet like a Christian McCaffrey who's able to take that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, check down uh, pass or whatnot. Uh, I, I think you need that for, for this type of an offense uh, think, that they're going to be running. I think, too, the one thing that the, – the, or the reason I say no to that is that you've got Christian McCaffrey who's in his prime and is a proven commodity versus somebody that we think can be. The only the only problem is there, Tony, is – I'd rather trade picks. I'd rather trade you're going to have to pay Christian McCaffrey, though. Like next by, by the next year, you're going to pay pay Christian McCaffrey as a top three right. running back. And you're I'm okay with it. And we don't problem with that. And we don't know that that he's not going to hold out this, this year for more money. Right to be so, the and, to be the highest. He should be the highest paid running back, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and there and is the connection, the though, Cody. One other thing is yes, that his dad, Denver. his That's dad, right. played, yeah. So it's not like we're doing bad by Christian. We're sending him to play for his fucking hometown team. And right. by the way, so if Javon Kenlaw does end up becoming the next Chris Jones, just a, a monster in the middle, and we have K1 short. Think about how fast our linebackers have played throughout the past few years because we've had a dominant interior <laughs> pass rush. And then so you now add you have, Brian Burns off the Yeah, air. Brian Burns and I, and remember, so that would leave us in this scenario coming away with Isaiah Simmons and Javon Kenlaw. Like that's a way to turn around your defense in no time, dude. I'm not gonna lie, I love Christian McCaffrey, but I haven't bought his jersey yet to have Kenlaw and Isaiah Simmons. That'd be nuts. I'm on the no train. I'm on the no train. I just I'm I'm with I'm with Tony. I mean, I just I, I it, on paper it looks good. Right, man, and it does. Me and Greg are on the dark side. You know, yeah. it looks good on paper. I agree with that. It looks good on paper, but at the same time, what, what, how stupid would we look? Is if Javon Kinlaw just but, is a bust, bust, straight up bust? Or how he if he's in, just he okay? What if he's just okay though? That would be just as bad if he was just okay. That would be just as bad as him being a bust. If you, but that's a chance. Like you traded away. Yeah. Well. Okay. I think. I mean, you, what, what if Cam Newton goes to San Diego and wins the Super Bowl next year? How stupid would be? More power to him. Don't worry. I've been telling y'all that that was stupid. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I think though the one the hard thing is is that Cody mentioned that is that the contracts you got to have a feel for what the contract. Yeah, desires are going to be from him and his agent, but also from what the team, you know, and, and I do think that Christian McCaffrey, though, I don't think it's fair to look. I think he's kind of like, like I said, Isaiah Simmons, you know, what I'm saying he's not just a running back. So I think that that's why I'm OK with paying him more so than I would be OK with paying Derrick Henry or Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, is that because he has a versatility that could extend his career if you don't beat him up the whole time? But you I know think- that- oh, keep in mind, 
can you name either of the running backs or any of the running backs that played for Kansas City or San Francisco? I can't I can name, name all their the linebackers the, either, though. Moster, uh, but, but, Devin Col- uh, Coleman. Yeah, and you just told me Simmons was so wonderful. I can't name anybody's linebackers. Well, how about how about this? How about this? Would you rather have Isaiah Simmons and Christian McCaffrey or Isaiah Simmons and Okuda? Uh, uh, so, not Okuda. Not Okuda. What was the guy we were saying? Simmons uh, and Kinlaw. 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 I mean, I'd love McCaffrey. I would love for McCaffrey to be a part of this team for the next 10 years. Uh, I'm just saying, if you're playing the game of GM, then you know you have a a player in Christian McCaffrey who plays a position which is far more replaceable, and you have to pay him soon. Like, if ever you were going to trade him, now is the only time that he has that incredible value. Coming sure. off a 1,000-1,000 season. Technically has two years left on the contract because of the fifth-year option. Um, and again, yeah, it does apply to him. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about Denver because that's where he's from. It's where his dad played. You know, uh, Brett – or. Uh, uh, John Elway would be all sentimental if you called him wanting to trade for his one of his friends. Oh no, son. no, you know why? I'm gonna ruin this. This sounded cool until we just remembered that Denver signed Melvin Gordon. They signed Melvin Gordon. I didn't know that. Right? No. Didn't he go play? That that's who. Yeah, it's Denver because he's playing in 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 conference. Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. Oh, did. Wet, uh, here, that's the blanket on your. This the. Wet yeah, no, no, that's never going to happen. Just like Chase Young falling out the top five is. <laughs> or you trade him to. What if you that, traded okay. Christian McCaffrey to Detroit for their number three and got Chase Young? What mm. value? What value would you have? What would you be willing to give up to move to number one to get Joe Burrow? Oh, why did you have to ask that? I don't think we can. I, I don't think there's anything you can do to Cincinnati that we have that we can give them because they have Joe Mixon. They don't need a running back. We have nothing yeah, to offer Yeah, but he them. ain't done nothing. Yo, are you kidding me? He was like the fourth running back in the league last year in yards. He's he's a good running back. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a damn good running back. Like, they have no reason to, to go away from... Well, I wouldn't... If I had Joe Mixon, I would not trade to get Christian McCaffrey. So we have nothing to really offer him other than that. Maybe Brian Burns, but they we're not you know we're not gonna trade him and they're not gonna pick him for a top number one pick. What if Let Miami goes after Burrow? Uh, which is possible. That, that's what the rumors are right now. That they they like uh Joe Burrow. I mean dude they could give up four first round picks. They could give up Three first round picks this year and next year. Yeah, but I mean, and then I think the Bengals should do that. I would do that if I was the Bengals. I would too, because you're especially if you're playing the long game. But why? Why? Because I would take Tua and those five first round picks and get me Chase Young next year. You got the long game at some point in time. 
The Bengals have been playing the long game for a long time. At yeah, some point, you've got to pull the trigger, and you've got to play the now game. I just saw that they've been playing the long game for a long time. They've been like Joe Burrow with the, the receivers they have, the offensive line they have. You've got to take that position. I mean, you've got I, to. There's, I think they're getting old. I don't think that they and, have. Every, yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, too, what if you just believe this is Burrow is very good, very, very good, but with a limited sample set of his greatness, he is not, maybe he's not as much of a guarantee as people make him out to be. So by having four first-round picks, what if the Panthers had the number one pick in this draft? (laughs) No, no, just no, just go with me for this. Is what if we didn't trade for it? What if we were the number one pick, and Miami and Miami came to us and said, "We'll give you four first round picks over the next two years to come off of Burrow." Would you do it? And I would say yes. I with would. Do Bridgewater, it. yes. Yeah, hell yeah, with Bridgewater, I would. Uh, it, but at, at that point, you're, you're having an. An entirely different discussion. Why? Why? Because you could still get Herbert. You could still get the combination of Joe Burrow and Joe Brady just produced the best offensive season that a quarterback has ever had. I think you guys are giving you. And no, it is one season, but 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 this we can do this with everyone. Like you're talking about, I think you've the, coronated the, Joe Brady too much, even. But well, I mean, no, but, but no, I mean to be honest, it's it's fair to say if Joe Burrow is a uh, uh, potentially a one year wonder, then yeah, maybe Joe Brady is too. But dude, look, I mean, but when you look at what they were able to do together, yeah, if you had the number one picks, you're not passing up on that. You're you're just not you're not you're not passing up on that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think I, I think would. for us, I think for us, I like the, I, the the four pick sounds good, but I think that when you do have that combination of Joe Brady and Joe Burrow, it's hard to pass that up, especially seeing that success that happened in LSU with those those two together. Yeah. However, what's up, Tyler? Um, however, if we have the scenario that we have right now. I think it makes a ton of sense for the Bengals to take that four picks and then go ahead and trade out of that. Because I mean, the reality of the situation is, is they're not going to be out of the running for a quarterback this year. It may not be a Joe Brady, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, somebody that's going to be garbage. Nine the times out of ten, they could still get two. They could still yeah. They're going to have. They could draft. They're going to have a lot. <laughs> and and I, the reason I'm saying this is I look at that 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 team and you guys I mean and and I, once again the Bengals have been irrelevant for so long maybe it's because of that but I see way I see a lot of holes for that team yep. as well and I feel like they're in a rebuild and right yeah. now if if they don't go quarterback this year I wouldn't be surprised you still have Andy Dalton who can go out there and game manage if you want to call it that um, and and what you can then do is focus on building up a team before you get your quarterback next year. Or you could get that quarterback this year and all those picks. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, but I would do it in a heartbeat, even if we have Joe fucking Brady. But again, it it goes back to this. And I feel like I'm, I'm almost 
in, in order to not harp on the injuries so much, I feel like I haven't said it enough. If you're injured in college all the time, why do you think it's going to be different in the NFL? If that's your point, then go with Herbert. Go with Justin well, Herbert. You argue the same point the other way. If you're not injured in college, all in college, what makes you think you're not going to be injured in the pros? I mean, I'm saying it actually doesn't go the other way though, because I'm saying if there, there aren't too many, there aren't too many scenarios where you have a college player that's injury prone and then they get to the NFL and they're fine. But that almost well, never happens. I agree. I agree. Let me ask you something, uh, Cody, because you know this better than anybody. The Deshaun Watson Clemson Tigers. Yeah. Could they have beaten the Joe Brady and the uh and the uh what's I don't, uh what's his name? The Burrow. first round pick. LSU Tigers. That we're gonna do a whole nother subject, but we didn't have the, the only reason I ask that is because, because it's not, it's not just about team and hasn't won a Super Bowl. Well hasn't got first round, I don't think, right? Well, the, so, Deshaun, Deshaun lost to Alabama, and then he beat Alabama the the very next year. So, do you think he'd have beaten Joe Brady and Burrow this year if he was playing? If it was that same, uh, but what Clemson team are we talking about? The that, one that the, won the national championship. championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the team that Tom Watson was playing for. Take that team, put it against LSU in the national championship. Who wins that game? That's what I'm saying. You have doubt. That's why I say I feel like there is. That's my doubt in Joe Brady because I not Joe Brady. Uh, Burrow. No, I mean I won't be a homer. There's still no guarantee. A phenomenal year, one time. He also had two years before that that weren't as great. Whereas, which people say I have a boner for Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tungavailoa has played a top two or three level every year he has played. And he would have been number one had he not gotten pulled in the fourth quarter every game he played because they were so far ahead. So that's why I feel like Tua Tungavailoa is a better quarterback than Joe Bur- oh, than, than but, Burr. But, but, okay, how, how, how much, this is kind of unfair, but how much film or how much Joe Joe Burrow, have you watched? Like, have you have you watched him from play to play? How he maneuvers around the pocket? How he anticipates? Okay, I'll give you that. I am saying that I have, and that even though he did have incredible receivers, an incredible offensive line, when you're judging a player, there are, every once in a while a player will just do things that yeah. you either have or you don't. And in and, 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 and all of my years uh, looking at quarterbacks and judging them, I don't think I've ever seen one who has better pocket awareness than Joe Burrow. Let me ask I, you I, this. All right, how about this? Is If the Kansas City Chiefs called up the Cincinnati Bengals and said, we will trade you Patrick Mahomes for Joe Burrow, would you do it? <laughs> would you do it? No. No. You wouldn't trade. Uh, Patrick right. Mahomes just won a super. Okay, Wait, say that. so how about that? Would you trade? If you're the Bengals, would you one for one trade the number one pick for for Patrick Mahomes as the Bengals GM? I know the Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to do that. But oh, if you're the Bengals, well, yeah. The, would Mahomes you do? What if? What if that somebody called up and said, "We'll trade you Lamar Jackson 
Would you no, take no. Joe Burrow over Lamar? Deshaun really? Watson. Yes, absolutely. Um, I actually compared Joe Burrow. That's my player comparison. Who? I, I, I Deshaun compared, Watson? Yeah, I compared Joe Burrow a lot to Deshaun uh, Watson. No, no, well, not, not for the run threat, but for the ability to make throws. And for a guy that they say doesn't have a cannon for an arm, he is not afraid to throw the football down the field and connects and is accurate down the field. My point is just this, is I think we may be slightly too infatuated with Burrow. I agree. And I just feel like this is, yes, did he have the best quarterback uh, college season in football? Yeah, but do you think he's better than Peyton Manning? Nope. Do you think he, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can go down these lists of, and I think, I mean, I'm just, that's where the four picks is a lot. Anyway, we got one last call. Let's get to it and then do our ISO picks. Because we can keep chasing this rabbit down the road. Uh, guys, I don't think <laughs> Joey. What's there's up, Joey? like any way we're going to forget Matt Rule. Because if he sucks at coaching, I mean, we're going to have to watch it. Oh, this is going back to when we were year. talking about Tepper. And if he's great at coaching, we're going to get to watch it 16 times a year. And... That's why we're gonna forget about it Tepper. All depends on how that goes, but you know, as society as a whole is going ape shit, there's no reason to be negative about anything, especially the Panthers, because I refuse to be negative about anything until it actually sucks right in front of my panther blue hearing aids. So, yes. That's how I roll. I like that. I'm we still going to be that idiot that love. stands out in damn near 100 degree weather with a bunch of other Panthers fans. If the CDC to sit lets in a 100 degree stadium uh, being optimistic, saying they can't wait to watch the Panthers, and life has finally started. I'm still going to be that person. And I'm still going to be liable to have what happened last year happen to me, which is have my hopes just crushed. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. That's life. You got to be positive. You're right. Pounding, guys. Joey in here with the, the ray of sunshine. Mm. I like it. I can't get off of this and that this Joe Burrow thought in my head, man. Oh gosh. <laughs> what do we got? What's the rabbit hole we're chasing? I mean, I'm just feel all right, so what if you what if in some weird worlds Burrow didn't go number one? He'd go number two or three. Right. And say he's and you're the Redskins. If you're the Redskins and someone called up Called you up and said, we'll give you four first-round picks. Oh, guys, we're still stuck to the four-round picks. Um, Would you skip on them? You mean Carolina? No, like, like say anybody. Like, if you're the Redskins, okay. would you skip on Burrow if you could get Young and all the picks? I would. The Redskins, I would, because you can get four first-round picks next year. You can get T- Trevor Lawrence. Who possible. do you think? Who do you think the Bengals yeah, would take if they passed up on? 
Yeah, who do you think the Bengals would pick if they passed up on Burrow? Chase Young. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to – Redskins aren't getting Chase Young either way. In that case. I don't know. I I hope Joe Burrow is great. I just don't know if I feel as comfortable as saying that I feel that he's as good as Peyton Manning was coming out of college. I give you that. I don't agree with that either. So, he hadn't proven nothing. Well, he did he's last only had year. He kind of did last year. He did have the greatest, what, 70 touchdowns? Yeah, but Tony. I, One I, I, good uh, year in college. But One Tony, good year in college. Okay, but Tony, are you going to be saying the same thing next year when Trevor Lawrence comes out? Yeah, because he looks oh, like that stupid oh, girl oh, from down. Okay, can I ask? Football no more. Cody. No. Let me ask you this. Um You've you've watched a lot of the film. You've said that Joe Brady would have been a fifth round pick had this last year not happened. What do you feel has changed for him, and how is that not just associated with a system? So I can understand well, exactly what we're dealing the with. System is a lot of it, but it is important to where a quarterback goes. It's not a shocker that Drew Brees is a much better quarterback in New Orleans than he Sean was in San Diego. Than he was in San Diego. So, and the, it's also and not a. It's and, also, it's also not a mystery good. that when Sean Payton was suspended for a year, the Saints didn't do anything. Right. Right. So, you know, with that said, and it goes back to if the Panthers did have the number one pick, yeah, you're not going to pass on that peanut butter and jelly option you have the opportunity to make. Um, but, you know, from, from if you're asking what did better this year, was one throwing the football down the field, um, throwing it with accuracy, poise in the pocket, going through his progressions, knowing the field, recognizing stuff pre-snap, um, you know, calling out changes, his spatial awareness both down the field and in the pocket are exceptional uh, and improved a lot. Um, they just asked him to do a whole lot more, and he did it all at a high level. And then some. So, um, but really just throwing the football. The dude had an 82% completion percentage. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that, is that right? The reason I, I bring that, that's insane. The reason I bring that question up is because I think that uh, the only reason I could see the Bengals passing on Burrow is that they don't, they look at the film and they see why they, they see that they're going to be more likely to get a fifth round Joe Burrow instead of a first round Joe Burrow. Right. You know, a Joe Burrow from his junior year as opposed to his senior year. Well, their that- head coach is a West Coast style offense mm-hmm. guy, but so is mm-hmm. Joe Brady. So it's variations of that West Coast yeah. style. Yeah. So well, it's a matter of them too. I have a, I got a call. When did LSU play? LSU played Texas A and M in 2018, and it was 74 to 72. Is that right? Oh, it went into like crazy oh, overtime. But that's they, a deep battle. Yeah, yeah. you can't. You can't they were at, at, at the very end of the game. They had to throw. Uh, was that 2018 start, though? Yeah, start from the 10 yard line after every touchdown. Well, I want. I want to ask you this, Cody. Though, it, it just say for instance, Joe Brady, not Joe Brady, uh, Joe Burrow, 
does not make it to the net. You broke. You broke. Yeah, now we can't hear that. you at all. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. You're. We heard Joe Brady uh, doesn't. I think you were about to say doesn't make it to the national championship. At the very end, your sound. It wasn't in the world. Yeah, I think it has more to do with your internet for some reason because it's you know if you were in the middle of talking and then it just got digital distortion. So. Yeah. Is he leaving and coming back? Yeah, yeah, he's got to come okay. back. Okay. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Is that we'll ask that? Uh, is that? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can. Right, try that one. Good. If Joe Burrow didn't or doesn't was where we lost you. Right. Well, if Joe Burrow does not make it to the national championship game last year, let's say he throws the exact same amount of yards, the exact same amount of touchdowns, everything else. But his defense lets him down, and he doesn't make it to the national championship. Do you look at him as the solely number one pick? Nobody should go anywhere else. He is the guy, or is it uh, recency bias because he won the national title? No, he's probably still still number one based off of the if if he didn't okay. lose it and it was the defense. Yeah, he had an incredible season. He won the Heisman, and he uh, finished so strong too. 46 That's points against uh, Alabama, he 58 against Mississippi. 50- against Oklahoma, he had eight total touchdowns. Yeah, 63 points in the Peach Bowl. <laughs> and he plays with such confidence, too. I mean, when you watch that game, as much as I wanted Clemson to win, I mean, you just saw him, like, he came out, he had a bad, he got, didn't he get hurt? And then he just came back and he was just, he didn't let it phase him. I mean, the guy came out there with such poise and calm. He was just so calm and collected. He was in uh, such a zone. He yeah. was in such a zone, yeah. dude. He was seeing things in slow motion last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, the only thing I saw of him was that championship game. That is the only time I actually saw him playing. Yeah. Because too. I don't really watch college football. And I'm, I've got to say, I mean, his deep ball is beautiful. Like, it <laughs> is. I would almost compare it to Russell Wilson's ability to get that ball over top of defenders' hands and then just drop it right in the bucket on the receivers. It was just incredible. Yeah, like, was, and it wasn't. It was. I mean, there was nothing that the Clemson defensive backs could do. I mean, they weren't in bad positions all the time. It was just the balls were placed yeah. in such I mean, a great he was place. Feeling it, he was straight feeling it last yeah. year. He was in his yeah. own. All right, so Joe Burrow consensus number one. You wouldn't trade the entire world for him, no matter what. Um, all right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Let's do our ice up picks and go on. We have flogged the draft. This is why I don't like the draft, Cody, and preparing <laughs> for the draft. We just talked for like two hours about shit that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Tony, maybe not, not going to happen. It's not about you. Your fans love it, man. Fans love this shit, and we do it for them. That's right. why. Let's ice some fools up. That's what I want to do. I want to ice some people up. Um, Ice up pick. I'm going to go first tonight. My ice up pick goes to PlayStation. Mm. Oh, really? I like it. No, it's got nothing to do. I know that the new remote for the PS5 was bleaked today or whatever. got nothing to do with that. I have been a contrarian my whole life. When it came to Nintendo... I did Sega. When it came to Xbox, I did PlayStation. I've been a PlayStation guy. I've had a PlayStation 1. My man. All the way up, right? I've all had My every man. PlayStation system that there is. 
Same. I even bought the PlayStation. Was it the three? The Vita. Uh, the three? No, I didn't have that one. But I had three, three play, PlayStation threes. Like I bought it the first when it came out and that Christmas. Then I they had like the Slim and yeah, I had the yeah. six hundred dollar one with the when it first came out. It cost me so much. I felt ridiculous paying seven hundred dollars in twenty two thousand and eight for all of that. <laughs> it ended up breaking, yep. like dying on its own. Thank goodness I bought the warranties. But that's the only reason I had multiple PlayStation threes. Uh, so I got the PlayStation Four now. Um, I love. I always play video games around Christmas time. Like I get like when I got a little time off from work, I'll buy a bunch of PlayStation games ridiculously. You know, like so I I bought the PlayStation Four for my kid two Christmases ago, and then I bought myself a bunch of games with it and gave them to him as his Christmas present. <laughs> but other than that, I'm like real streaky, and I don't play it a lot. I pay for the PS whatever stuff, the mm -hmm. PlayStation Plus, because you got to have it to play on the internet. You um, sound just like me. So uh, this January, I got my renewal for PlayStation Plus, and every year that this happens, my wife bitches at me when she sees it on the credit card, and she's like, this is the one... Like, my wife will waste money on all types of shit, but she gets so upset about this <laughs> fucking yearly package for the playstation well playstation also issued us a charge of 621 dollars and 26 cents what my wife refused like refused the charge right yeah like she just called the bank we tried calling she first tried calling playstation she did this once she saw that money she got scared so she called PlayStation, went on their website, couldn't get anybody. And it was like due to high volume of call. Anyway, so we refuted it with the bank. I haven't been playing the game a lot. My kid has been doing other stuff on his iPad. So we go to fire up the PlayStation a couple, like last month, and it's, we're banned from the PS network. So I was like, all right, well, we don't really need it. I ain't got time or money right now to worry about this. We're going to Italy and all this shit, so we'll figure it out later. Well, we cleaned out the playroom yesterday. We got all of the shit straightened up, and I said, son, we're going to get the fucking PlayStation working again. So I spent hours and hours on this, going to deduce this, and after like three hours of yelling with the keyboard chat, I was chatting with these tech, these people, Obviously, my somehow my PlayStation account got hacked or something because mm. somebody downloaded $600 worth of games on my account somehow. They ain't, it won't us. I said, dude, mm. I said, look, we ain't bought more than $10 in one transaction in the last three years. Right? We bought Facebook. Like, the only thing we ever buy is the fucking every now and then I buy my kid that loot box shit on Fortnite. For some skins mm -hmm. or something. Anyway, they refuse. They will not reactivate my account unless I pay that $621. F that. Create a new account, it. dude. That's what I had to do. Yeah. But my kid's fucking crying account, over there because yeah. he's lost his skins. He'll be all right. But I want to know tell, tell your what kid the to hack is. What, what is the hack? Like, how does somebody else download games? He, he didn't lose his. He should still be able to log into his Epic ID on Fortnite and still get his skins back. 
Dude, this hacker, dude, I lost my Netflix account. I, I was able to recoup it, but it wiped all my all the stuff that I had built up, but that I had saved and movies and stuff. Got rid of all that too. Hacker got my account. I still can't log into my Twitch account. Damn. Uh, so to you, PlayStation, who can't just recognize that my ass did not spend in one single day six hundred dollars on games, and you refuse to, like anyway, I just think that's I would, sad. I would, if I'm you, I'm contacting them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because I'm telling you, when you make it public that this is happening yes. and they're being that stupid, you immediately get a reply from the company on that social media publicly saying, please email me and contact me about what's going on and yes. we'll try to help you. Um, and then I all of a sudden, agree, man. when Disney Plus a... wouldn't give me my, 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 my uh, membership, I went on Twitter and did that and, and they immediately contacted me. Mm. CK is right. Go on, I told him, I told him, I said, I have a podcast and I've got a, tw- a social media with a decent reach I told him, I said, I'm going to start going with Microsoft if you don't watch the fuck out. And I will never buy an Xbox. So that's how pissed I am at PlayStation. I even said that. Here, Joey Esquivel wanted me to play this nine-second clip. Guys, I don't think we have to worry about the Redskins taking Simmons or Young unless they could play special teams gunner. Mm. That's oh, it's I, true. We didn't I was going to ask this, is would <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, would he be an all-pro on special teams? Oh, my God. <laughs> he would be the, he would be the God <laughs> of special teams. Okay, so ice up, and now I am back um, on PlayStation and uh, play some Overwatch or whatever. Very nice. I, Very I don't nice. know if uh, anyone else wants to go next. I... I kind of have mine, but if anyone wants to go first, I can go. Well, fire it off. I Get in there. Go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. So it was announced uh, either this morning or last night that for the first time ever, if there is a training camp, mind you, uh, HBO Hard Knocks is going to feature two teams, the, mm. the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Los Angeles Rams. Sounds like somebody's trying to fill stadiums. Dude, who gives a fuck, man? <laughs> but dude, I, I, the last time they played, or they did the, the L.A. Rams, it was terrible. One of the worst seasons ever. Jared Goff comes off so stupid in that show. Was that the, the one where Jeff Fisher got fired? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so here's- they did, well, they did hard knocks on uh, on him, and then mm-hmm. the very same season they did uh, uh, all or nothing, all, all, all or nothing, and they got fired <laughs> during the course of the season on the all or nothing. That's what it but was. Those two teams, as they are right now, are the most boring teams that that you can imagine. It's like. Who cares? Until the Chargers uh, pick up Cam Newton. Yeah. The only thing that could redeem that is if the Chargers pick up Cam Newton, then it's kind of musty television. But right. even still, dude, quit forcing the Rams down our throat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what, what CK said, man, dude, this is just about the Rams moving into a brand new stadium in a market that doesn't give a fuck about football. Mm-hmm. Trying to shove it down people's throat uh, to HBO 
the NFL, and all the decision makers that are forcing this on people, ice up, son. Mm, ice up. All right. Up? Get in there, someone. CK, it's up to you, man. You want? You go ahead. All right, cool. Uh, I am icing up. Uh, uh, it's, it's more or less the coronavirus, but it's, it's, it's a bigger type deal, or not a bigger type deal, but a smaller type deal where I'm icing up um, restaurants and pizza companies that are putting these commercials out that are talking about the no contact delivery and all this other kind of crap. What pizza place do you go to that after my pizza is cooked, they don't touch my food? Like, seriously, I've seen these pizza places. I've been there. You take it out of the oven, you put it in the box, you cut it. You do not touch my food, even before this coronavirus stuff. Why are you promoting now that you are offering no contact delivery? Because you shouldn't be touching my food after the pizza comes out of the oven. Period. They might be well, talking like, about like, the credit card slips. Now you don't have to sign well, credit card slips. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll get to that, too. I'll get to that, too. So there's commercials about the credit card slips where they offer you the credit card in the to-go to go container. That's awesome. <laughs> but guess what? You've got to pick up that credit card and swipe it. <laughs> so at some point in time, you are touching that credit card. You are just advertising, making it sound like you are doing something special that you always have to do to make things work. Stop fronting. This is not some kind of new thing you're doing. This is the way it's always been. The only difference is now you give me my credit card and it's a go container instead of in my hand or you're holding in my hand. So to all restaurants and fast food places, pizza places that are doing this, ice up. You're not fooling me. And if you're touching my food after you've made it, then I don't want to eat with you anyway. Period. Anytime. Coronavirus or not. You know? <laughs> There's no point that a burger place would touch my food after it's made. Like, Think about it. You make the burger, you put it in the wrapper, you hand it to me. You shouldn't touch the food after that. Same way with pizza. You take it out of the oven, you put it in the box, you cut it. You shouldn't touch my food after that. There's nothing different. So ice up all you places that are trying to make it feel like you are with the cause or down with what's going on right now. Nothing is different. You're doing everything the same. You're just making more money. So ice up. Obviously, the pizza industry is woke, brother. And uh, on top of that is that you should probably always worry about pizza shops. I worked at one for 12 years, <laughs> and uh, it's a place where stoners work, and uh, that's it. Like, so. Uh, <laughs> that's, it. that's it. We worked. I worked, at this place. I worked at this place, Michelangelo's Pizza, and um, for like 12 years, off and on through high school and college, and love it. I would go eat there today, but it's just a <laughs> bunch of 20-year-old dudes um, who, and there's like one girl that works there, so they all, yeah, they all are trying <laughs> to be up in that ear no matter what. All day long, and uh, usually somebody's throwing up out back some point in the morning uh, when you open <laughs> up right. from partying too hard. All right, All right uh, CK, what you got? Um, mine is maybe not going to fall on deaf ears for some of the uh, guys here, but um, anybody who – I'm going to ice up the person who coined the term terrible twos because terrible twos is nowhere close as – is nowhere even in the realm of – Terror, terrorist threes. Yeah, threes are oh, the worst. My gosh, I'm sitting there through twos. I'm like, oh, this ain't too bad. Yeah. Maybe you I thought have a your good kid child. was good. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I just skipped out on this, man. All right, cool deal. I'm a good parent. I got my shit together. All right. No, that's not how this shit works. I don't know who the hell thought that that was the actual way to address that, but I'm telling you, Terrorist Twos, I mean, Terrorist Threes is a quadruple. My son broke his bed today. Yeah. He, he threw his nightlight against the wall and broke it. The kid is a terrorist. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, it's you know, I, truth, man. Uh, listen, he's he's developing a personality, and <laughs> and, and I don't grind. like him. <laughs> and, and, and the, pro- the problem is, no exists only to piss me off. Now, like he he knows what makes me mad, and he'll just like I'll tell him no, and he'll say I don't want you anymore, and I'm like. Go. <laughs> don't worry. I don't want you anymore either. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I didn't ask for this shit. <laughs> I said, I'm done. I'm just go ahead. Get out of here. You're uh, gonna I, want me when I drop you off on the side of the road, you little shit. Uh, my wife man. doesn't like it when I do this, but I always tell tell him I'm like, you know, you could have been a dumpster baby. You know, if it <laughs> wow. I always tell my I used to joke that like uh, I always used to be like, hey, you know we are driving past a fire station. Right. Like y'all bitches better get yeah. in line or else my ass is free to drop y'all off without penalty. Drop you off. <laughs> Man. Anyway, yeah. So uh the person who said the terrible twos is the worst part of, you know, a parent or child's early ages, uh, you're full of shit and uh ice up. You gotta have more kids, dude. No, I'm done with the one, man. Like, have after more this- kids and come back to me because I call my kids question bullies, man. They <laughs> bully me with questions. What are we gonna eat on Tuesday? You're really, uh, you're really selling eat? me on this new, new having another baby. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Dude, they're kind of yeah. like dogs don't, don't a little bit. Though. I got a thirteen and a ten year old. The good news about yeah. having multiple kids is they're kind of like dogs. Is that they, you know, like they can tend to themselves. They play with each other. Yeah, and then we don't have to (laughs) deal with them as much. They entertain. But my my son is almost four, and so by the time we have another one, he'd be five, and I don't think that that type of an age difference is conducive for a positive working relationship. I agree. You and your... I agree. The fact that my 13-year-old will never be in school again with my my 10-year-old is problem. There are 7 billion people on Earth, so I'm doing my part to not add to this terrible fucking problem <laughs> they are here you three oh, there's guys. only seven million people on the earth through april like after that not there's after only gonna be like not five whatever my ass doesn't have a three-year-old oh so. did you have <laughs> coronavirus by the way did you ever get your test results back cody no dude i never got a phone call i never got anything from them letting me know my results uh, i'm debating if i should just call i mean i know that i don't have the shit but just to see what they would even say i don't even know what kind of runaround i would receive i'm debating on whether or not i should call and, and I have try one, to find I, out. one last question about this corona disease they say that people are. I have answers, right? Anyway. But they say that people are asymptomatic <laughs> carriers, right? That's what they say. How do yeah. we know this? How do they know that? Like, I'm assuming that they've tested people that were in a house that had been exposed to the coronavirus but didn't show any symptoms. 
and and then they found that they were indeed infected, yeah. but apparently, not providing like, symptoms. Apparently, people like Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, and Idris Elba don't have signs and shit. I don't know. Yeah, but well, they yeah, kind of stuff is talking about like O positive, right? Because I know they're saying people with O positive blood may have had the virus the whole time and not realized it, and they didn't, they didn't get affected by it. Because I'm O positive, is the only reason I look at that. I started but, watching. That about? Uh, I guess I don't know. I started watching the V Wars though on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's like a vampire show, and it's totally about how like this uh, old like back t- like with the receding glaciers how all of a sudden that this like because that's how like SARS came about or something um, so coronavirus bats and global warming I'm tired of it yeah. alright that's the C3 Panthers podcast uh, we're here on Tuesday nights we go three hours no matter what take that every time um, at cat underscore chronicles here we'll be here next Tuesday numbers 252-228-5098 Cody where can they get after you at Cody Lack on Twitter. Check out drafttech.com every Tuesday uh, for a new mock draft with Panthers comments. And that's it. You fought with Ozark yet? Who, oh, man? Oh, yeah. I, I've been on Ozark. Now, you I already, love Ozark. Have you, finished, have you finished the new yeah. season? Yeah, that ending was fucking bad shit. <laughs> I don't know how those people do it. I would have been taking a deal. I would have been. Yeah. All right, Greg, how can they get after you? Uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter uh, or at SCS Podcast One. That's my other show handle. Uh, or you can check out my other podcast. We record Friday nights and drop on Monday. It's a super civil service podcast. If you're a geek and you like comics, books, movies, television shows, check us out. We cover everything. Uh, CK uh, is coming on in three weeks. For the, the Lord of the Rings Twin Towers review, from what Word. I understand, all right, first uh, next month. So uh, we're interested to have that and uh, check us out, man. Every every place you can find a podcast, we're there. I like how well you guys are scheduled out for like two years, and then we start thinking about this podcast like two minutes before it starts. <laughs> don't get twisted. I act like I'm scheduled out for two years, but I, I, I have somewhat plans for a month in advance, and then I everything else is like day of. Okay. So, all right. Uh, CK, how can they get after you? you got, I saw you um, on you, Twitch, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can get me at Twitter at Codizzle Allen. Um, that's also my my uh, Twitch handle. I'm I'm gonna start trying to stream more often. I've got the setup. I've got everything together. Um, I just need the the viewers and people to play with. So if you guys are uh, anybody listening or playing, uh, what the game new Warzone, do I need to get on? Um, Call of Duty, Warzone, Fortnite, uh, Rocket League. Uh, you know, I'm open to suggestions on any games as well. So, uh, if you haven't checked it out, Tony, Warzone is free. You don't have to pay for the full game. It's right. actually co- sort of like uh, Fortnite. Oh, um, okay. It's a, so, it's Call of Duty. It's a very big file, so you have to kind of make the decision to download that before you want to play it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth it. And I'm like I said, I'm doing the Twitch. So, if you guys want to come follow me, it's a uh, once again, Codizzle underscore Allen uh, is how I have it. Uh, similar to my Twitter Twitter name, I've changed that up as well um, to to have some consistency across all devices. So, um, yeah, that's me. All right, what's the name of the game one more time? Warzone. Uh, it's called Call of Duty Warzone. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna download it before I go to bed tonight, where it'll be there oh, tomorrow. Man. 
Yeah, all right. dude. All, all right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Yeah. I'll check you out next week.